<laughs> I, I've never been. Oh, wait, wait. You've never been a huge Tom Petty fan? How dare I've you I've never even been a little Tom Petty fan, to be totally <laughs> honest with you. How? I don't like, I just didn't like Tom Petty. Man. He I've seemed been... very petty to me. <laughs> That <laughs> seems, seems so un-American to be. Anti- really? Kind of. I mean, I like Leonard Skinner. Right. That's American. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Willie Nelson. Certain type is cool, of you know. Johnny Cash. I like Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not. I'm American. Yeah. Just don't like Tom Petty. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I love all the rest of those guys, too. Like Skinner. I went to a Skinner concert one time. Oh, is it good? Bad ass. Yeah, I can the, imagine, man. That would have been dope. They were opening for uh, Bad Company. Oh, and, really? Wow. And then who opened for Night Rider or something? That one oh, my gosh. Wow. Open for yeah. that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's old school. Even though Skinner, and even though it was like, you know, two original members, I think it was Van right. Sant's brother was singing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, the Bad Company, I didn't realize how many songs they had on the radio that I knew. Right. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is them, too? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, but Skinner brought the party. Really? Like, people were just up and dancing. I and can imagine, yeah. It, it almost felt like kind of a little letdown. Can you like, imagine what those guys lived through? <sighs> I mean, what Leonard, you know, what that band lived through, you know. I mean, jeez, dude, the the Swampers to go down to like the Muscle Shoals and like the yeah. Swampers band. They had like the same thing like Detroit had up here with the, uh, was it with the uh, the Funk Brothers? Oh, okay, like, yeah. Like how those guys that backed up all these, yeah. um, you know, artists up here in Detroit, right. yeah, during uh, during Motown, Motown, yeah, like. That Muscle Shoals had the Swampers. Right, uh, yeah, you so learned about it in one of the in the wow. in Sweet Home Alabama. Wow. Muscle Shoals got the Swampers. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. No, it's uh good good stuff. This this is like the, I'm on the outside now. Remember when me and Dave Kaufman were getting into it about like world religion and stuff like that? Oh, and you're boy. like you're like I'm just here for the ride. That's how I feel. You guys talk about yeah, with music. The music, I'm music like, yeah. I listen to it. I like it. I'm about <laughs> like an it. average height American fan of Tom Petty. Average American. Is there a big Not a little one. Thing with Tom Petty. Well, no. You yeah. were saying like <laughs> uh, no, I've never been a big fan. Not even like a little fan. I'm yeah. just an average height. Yeah, I'm not even a roll off fan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not even like uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna try and gauge your Tom Pettiness. Like 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 yeah. not even oscillating, free falling. Dude, I just didn't like it, man. There's not one Tom Petty song that I've listened to that I thought was uh, like this is my jam. Okay, I'm kind of seeing the un-American side of this now. Yeah, yeah. Not not what about okay. what about? <laughs> Sorry, I'll stand bro. my ground. Like I'll stand my ground. Oh, I hated that. And I think it was like the, the ca- I think the cadence, you know what I mean? Cuz it's always like I stand my ground. You know? uh, well, I can I can see like, Come on, you just know. Sing it's like, it, sing dude. it. Don't 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 spit it. I can see No, I'm I'm seeing if you didn't like one Tom Petty song, I no, can see why why you wouldn't it's like No, I'm seeing it's it. it's very nasally. That's what I'm saying. If you didn't like one, like it's it's obvious it's Tom Petty singing the song. Yeah, so if you didn't like, yeah. like one and that was, yeah, it was like, the voice, then right. the it's rest the, of them It's the voice. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the nasally, you know, kind of. So you're probably not a Bob Dylan fan either. I, weirdly enough, I love Bob Dylan. <laughs> this is backwards. <laughs> this it's is weirdly that. enough, I love Bob Dylan. And I know he's very nasally, but he's he doesn't, you know, I like Bob Dylan. Yeah. I like what he stands for, too. You know? I feel like him and Petty stand for some of the same <laughs> things. I was going to say, what does Bob Dylan stand for? I don't know, man. America. 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 Yeah. kind of what we were yeah, talking about yeah. with Tom Petty. I don't, think, I don't think Tom Petty's a good American. <laughs> oh. This is why we have this podcast. It's all about our BS opinions for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, no, I have no idea, right? I don't know. I just remember when I was younger and Tom Petty would come on the radio and I was always disappointed. It's like I can't wait till this song goes by. So wow. Get on to some good BGs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> are we talking pre falsetto BGs? Yeah, yeah, we're talking. Always no, no, oh, no, talking. No. Staying alive. No, staying alive, man. Come on, that, was, that, that album was good, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's good. I. Uh, it's been a freaking hell of a weekend already. Yeah. That yesterday, today, like no, what a. I got in last night and it's been a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That no, was it's, cool. uh, it's just what I needed. I mean, seriously, it's been a long time since I've had friends around and, you know, I felt very isolated for a long time. You yeah. know, I know you guys have traveled around and done some things and stuff like that. You know, we've pretty much been isolated since March. You know, I've done nothing. You know, I, I haven't even went out to restaurants. You know, I mean, nothing at all. And it's not because I, I'm like afraid to do anything. It's just kind of happenstance, you know, the way it went. And like I had mentioned to you guys, uh, Michigan in the early days of, of COVID were very locked down. Like real, this area was like shut off. It was like we were in... Yeah. like Chernobyl, you know, for, for three months, two and a half months or something like that. So, so I think that, you know, you, you, we, it's been hard coming out of that after two and a half months of being so, uh, just repressed, you know, so, uh, so we didn't get a chance to go. I, I thought, and, and then again, you know, then all kinds of other things happened or I, I, you know, got stuck here, but I was thinking about coming to St. Louis. Did you do St. Louis? I didn't know. Okay. I, I really probably should have gone. No, I yeah. wouldn't have ended it, but right, just yeah. to go check it out. You're talking yeah. about NARC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, want, I, I, was, I was thinking about going to that one, and then I didn't. You yeah. know? I saw you had Brian on the podcast, and you were talking yeah. about that you were maybe going. I was like, damn, yeah. Brian's going. I think I got to go. Yeah, I wanted to go, and I, you know, because I, want, I, I just thought it'd be cool. But I wasn't really just in the right spot to do it yet. You know what I mean? Like That's actually um, why I didn't go. I'm like, that's not quite like, I would love to get back to that, but yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing is as it turned out, I think that the show wasn't very busy, but my, my initial thoughts was, do I really want to be in a room with like 3000 people? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. And it's not that, again, it's not that I'm concerned about much of anything, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, it's just, I think that we have to ease ourselves back into, to society uh, it's culture shock both ways, right? You it's, know, I mean, it's, it's going like, to be weird. It's gonna yeah, be weird I mean, the first time that I go to a sporting event or a music concert and have ten thousand people without masks, it's going to feel real weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to feel great, but at first, it's going to feel real weird, you know. I can't, but I can't wait to those days. You know, I wish they were tomorrow. The the reason I haven't gone to a show yet is that for me, it would be it's going to feel weird to go to something like that and have everybody cover it up and do, doing the mm. social distancing thing that would that would be the weird thing for me I, I don't know how i would react to be in a big group of people not wearing masks but it might be yeah. that but that was kind of one of the reasons i've been waiting is like i kind of want to wait for things to get back to yeah. more normalcy where yeah. it's not everybody has to like stand and wait in line outside and like right you know uh, just like let us just all that part of it and i think it depends on where it is i think daytona seemed like it was pretty wide open you know i mean i saw the lines there there was no distancing and uh, i did see although i think there were supposed to be masks i many most of the pictures i saw like 80 percent of people didn't have masks and which was awesome i mean i, I like seeing that stuff you know I, I you know i'm not that i'm you know you know, d- discouraging people being smart, you know, yeah. but at the same time, you know, there's a point where it's like, let's get back to it, you know? And, and so Daytona seemed good, but that's Florida, you know? And, and, uh, and that's why I was a little surprised that Arlington didn't go off a little better. Cause it's Texas, you know, you yeah, can't, that's, you know, that's weird. I can't do it in California. You know, I know Rami is trying to shoot for January. I really hope that he does. Cause that super show is iconic. You know, that's probably the last giant show that happened. Right. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. January yeah. Anaheim January show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. probably the last giant show because Daytona was big, but it's not. It, that's not Anaheim or Pomona. You know, I mean, that's you know not not the Super Show. So, so it means we're coming up on a year be, since there's been a giant show. You know, so 
I, I think it too, off. like the, sorry, but like the, the three of us around this table, especially, I think we all have a similar perspective when we go to a reptile show that we're like, not really there to like sell some baby snakes to right. some people or whatever. That, that's, we all have other ways of doing that. Sure. That we're, and we're all successful at doing that. We're really there to, to meet somebody that maybe knows us from online somewhere sure. and actually get a little bit, even if we're busy or whatever, but just to get that little bit of FaceTime yeah. or to give them a handshake or a mm. hug, you know, somebody <laughs> you haven't seen in a while. And that's. Don't say it. Don't say it. I know what you're nope, thinking nope. right now. I'm, I'm just going to start what drinking. Hear, what's he thinking? He's yeah. thinking Bill Clinton right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but boy, that's all. That saved that for another podcast. But oh, yeah, we did save many, that. We, we definitely saved that for another jokes. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, uh, uh, I do agree with you, though. I go for the social thing. Now, I haven't done it. I haven't vended a reptile show in four years, I think it's been. Maybe even four and a half years. Really? Yeah, yeah I'm so surprised been, by that. That was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, I just pulled out of shows. I don't. I sold all my showcases and everything. I can't do a show if I wanted to. You know, I mean, I'd have to buy all my backdrop. Everything's gone. Everything's That's gone. That's crazy. Because yeah. for yeah. me, like, you know, I've been doing shows my whole life. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't grow up with like a reptile mentor, a community or anything mm -hmm. like that. So the reptile shows for yeah. me was an opportunity to finally be around like my people. Sure. And you had permanent fixtures all the time. So yeah. like you were one or yeah. like back then Kevin yeah. a lot of times. And then there's a lot of guys that, that I don't even see at the reptile shows. Cause a lot of old school guys yeah. are, a lot of them are just too old now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not doing yeah. the big traveling thing anymore. But it was yeah. it was pretty strange for me, like because Kevin McCurley didn't go to yeah. a lot for a long time. Yeah, he pulled out for a long time. And Jay too, yeah. used to do more shows, but then he doesn't. I mean, he only does the ones that are right around. Yeah. Him. He actually came up to the. So remember, I was talking to you the other night. Uh, Garrett Zumed put on that yeah. first expo in San yeah. Luis Obispo County, which they barely got out. It somehow magically happened because it was city something because it had already been voted for national emergency you know oh, tinley yeah. had already been shut down yeah and this was after that and he still had his show that's crazy so was it, it was, the same weekend or was it the, the it was the was it it was the same weekend because i was because okay. they invited me yeah, to because come because we, we had the the reptarium open that same weekend too so yeah. we skirted in at that last minute yeah. too where it was like kind of like Things are shutting down, but not quite yet. And then right. Monday, it was like, you're done. You yes, know? you're right. It was. Because instead of going to Tinley, I went back home. and Because mm -hmm. they had wanted me to right. come. Like, I'd been invited to come to that show yeah. and, like, do a thing. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going I'm to be at Tinley. Like, like, yeah. And yeah. then so I came back. I went to it. Jay, But Jay was there. My point is that Jay was at that show with the yeah. setup and, like, yeah. at that oh, slow really? county with show. the yeah. whole setup and yep, everything. up in our county. Well, I, th I think it still counts as kind of a local show. Day. Like, if you're within, yeah, like, you're a one-day yeah. drive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Still, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was just... Um, uh, there's a whole host of reasons why I stopped going to, to reptile shows. You know, some was, you know, the, the kind of hatred. Other things were that I was just shifting my business model tremendously. And, um, and, and you know, obviously our online business is a monster, you know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's you know, I mean, we're very, very, very blessed to, you know, if you Google snakes for sales, reptiles for sales, geckos for sales, ball pythons for sales, you name the we're in the top two, three at the most, you know, mostly top one, you know, right. uh, and that's, that's a spot that we're very, very lucky to get to, you know, and, uh, um, and, and so, you know, so our online sales are just great. We just don't need to go to, so it's like, I've always said, so if I sell, let's say a banana ball python for $250 on my website, why would I want to go to a reptile show, pay all the expenses, the stress on the animal, all that other stuff, and sell it for 150. See, and the, and the you know, stress on the animals any, yeah. is the big thing for me too. Cause yeah. I sell all our stuff online. Yeah. You know, yeah. actually, we don't even sell online. Yeah. We, we sell out of our, like, I haven't actually 
hosted a classified for a reptile wow. since I started. Wow. But um, but we sell, the point is we yeah. sell the stuff easy enough. Yeah, yeah, without having to go to shows. The other thing is, is, you know, I, this is interesting. I stopped getting mites when I stopped doing reptile shows. That's it too. This you know, is this year has been so nice. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, I don't <laughs> like care how like clean your collection is. If you go to a reptile show, unless you have a separate room for quarantine, and those animals go into that quarantine room and get treated for mites, you will bring mites back. If you do five shows a year, yeah. If you do five shows a year, one of those shows you're going to get mites on your stuff because you know they're nomadic. You know, the mites can travel up to ten feet in a night. They're nocturnal as well. Right. So like you know, if you if you if that guy two two hours over has mites. You're going to probably get them by the end of that weekend. And so that was the way we really eradicated our situation as well. You know, we stopped going to reptile shows. We just didn't have mites I'm anymore. I'm surprised you still don't still get an issue just having like the open facility because you have obviously well, people we talked with about, reptiles yeah, we, coming here. We and, talked about that, you know, so BHB hasn't had mites in five, six years. Uh, we talked about the reptarium. We were, we went about eight or nine months. Every animal in the reptarium had never had mites, right? right. We went about eight or nine months and then all of a sudden a couple popped up. And yep. we know that it would have to be people brought them in. And so now what we do is we do a, uh, literally a weekly preventative treatment yeah. of, at the entire place. So every week we, we do spray downs to the cages, remove the animals, spray down the cages every single week. And uh, that's the only way we can keep mites out, you know, of the reptarium. Uh, because, yeah, we're open to the public people. There's a, there's a you know, reptile shop literally, you know, down the street that is kind of, you know, I don't want to shit talk anyone, but I mean, it's notorious. Too for, late. For, no, I mean, it's just <laughs> everyone knows that, that it's, it's got a lot of mites. It's mm. got a lot of dirty. And and a lot of times, you know, people come in and they're like, oh, I'm going to the Reptarium. I'll stop at this reptile shop first yeah. or after or whatever the case is. And and I hear a lot of people will come in and go, yeah, you know, I stopped at this place. And I'm like, Man, that was crazy. And I'm like, did you hold anything? Because I don't think I want to let you in. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but you can't, you can't, you know, and as well just as people. Just do the preventative spray down on Yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Like, like as you walk through, there should be preventive. might just spraying everybody as they come through the door. But um, but that's that's just going to happen, I mean, with the, with the system we have. But we've learned that now if we preventatively treat weekly our cages um we we, don't, we haven't had any issues since you know so but it's a pain in the butt it's expensive because i'm going through a lot of preventamite every week sure. um and and we're, we're not doing it because we think there is we're doing it because we we, we just assume there could be so let's just go ahead hey, and eradicate the thing well, that's in the so name we, right pro preventamite yeah we're of. yeah we're prophylactively treating is yeah. basically what it is so um but yeah because you can't you can't get away from that that's just impossible when you're open like that i guess you your number that that's why i've lucked out because i've only ever brought animals to two shows a year i've right, never brought yeah. back mites but it, oh, that, i good. didn't hit the five numbers <laughs> if i hit that five number i'd have been I bringing them back i don't know if it's five <laughs> or whatever it is but there is i mean you know and i guess a quality of show too i mean i think like you i've know, only I, i've I, only brought animals to rami's show yeah i would think just that they're california yeah and i would think that you know most of the bigger shows there's probably a less chance you know, but when you start going to Hamburg and, and White Plains and, and not, I love those shows. I'm not bashing those shows at all. I'm just saying those shows, you know, the quality of, of vendors and quality of, of animals isn't quite as high. What can happen? I mean, you can't, you can't like, it's almost impossible to screen every single animal that comes into no. a show. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, that's no bash on the promoter. It's just a reality. You yeah. Know what I mean, and, um, my dad, yeah. that first show we came to, the first show when I met you, mm -hmm. my dad was there with me too. And he, uh, he ended up picking up a Tara Humara Kingsnake, uh. but he wasn't, I wasn't with him when he got it and he yeah. brought it back to the room. He didn't really know, you know, what he was doing or what to look for. He brought it back to the room. It was just riddled oh. with mice. I was like, dad, uh, you know, we took care of it. We got rid of him. And that snake, he yeah. still has that snake to this day doing oh, fine. That's awesome. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, but yeah, that happens. It, it happens. It's so, but yeah, so that's one, you know, one of many reasons why I stopped doing reptile shows. I mean, we just don't need to anymore. And and uh, but I miss the social side of it. You know, social side is what really like hanging with you guys. You know, friends. Yeah. It's like that's the stuff that I miss a lot. You well, know, a big part of what you built here now is like it's you're bringing it to you. Like you right, have a yeah. big reason for people to come here and right. and do the social thing think, here. And that was the thing that I, I was hoping would happen. Uh, and COVID killed that, you know, in the beginning. Because the, the original Reptarium was smaller, you guys know. Uh, and, and it was still cool. But now that I have more space, and then we're talking about, obviously, doubling that space now in 2021. Uh, yeah, it gives more people, you know, reasons to say, hey, I got to go check it out. Plus, now they can come and, and like, you know, like us. You can use our podcast room. You can, you know, do your, you know, filming. You can do whatever. You yeah, know, it's like, thank you, by the way. No, no. <laughs> yeah, this is my, easy. My, yeah, Brian was excited to know what it was like to be me on a podcast. It just yeah. shows up and be like, whatever, let's yeah, drink. Let's and just go. Yeah, I do all the work. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, cutting stuff afterwards, hitting it, you know, it's all... He yeah, just gets not, to, yeah. I, I'm getting finally getting to feel what that feels like he to gets do that irritated on our own podcast. If I get irritated when we podcast from opposite ends of the country, because I'm uh-huh. like, hold on, I'm still setting up. And he's like, <laughs> no, well, that was the thing that we all mean. We didn't want to make podcasting a chore, you know? Uh, and so we wanted to do it to where it was like, we could just come in, flick a switch and let's rock, you know? And, yeah. and that's a, it, it does change the, the, it, you know, there was a period of time when we were, we were starting to podcast where we were experimenting with different material, you know, like gear and stuff like that. And, and we were having lots of issues, you know, cause again, we stream live mm. and then we were trying yeah. to go to a system where we could stream live and do Skype or zoom. And that's difficult Right. You know, unless you use something like StreamYard, which the problem with it is, is you're just not going to get good quality. Right. I mean, yeah, if you want to have a quality, you know, podcast. So we were we were, you know, using gear that was like pretty expensive. I mean, like, you know, several thousand dollars for, for the, the, the initial unit, almost like a little computer. And, and we just kept on having issues after, after issues. And it got to a point where like podcasting wasn't fun. You know what I mean? It yeah. was like a pain. It was like I I sit down here and in a half hour before we're starting, my anxiety would be through the roof because I'm like, are we even going to be able to go live? Because yeah. we're like, is this going to work? And so we worked really hard to get to a point where we're like, hey, we just flip a switch and we can rock, you know. And and it makes it fun because now you don't have to worry. You know, you just have good time. I I definitely work on. I'm working through that because when when I do the ones on Triple B TV now, I'm doing that live and I'm yeah. bringing people in via Zoom. Yeah, doing it well too. I I was impressed. I, I told you, I texted so you. Your, I was yeah. like, so what's your system there? Um, OBS. Yeah, OBS, yeah. 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 Which is, I mean, I always say that if you had the bandwidth and the CPU power, yeah. that you could broadcast a Super Bowl with OBS yeah. just because all the different options yeah, we you looked, have. Yeah, we looked at, you know, we were looking at, at that as well. Um, and, 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 yeah, that might be something that we... we We'll have to talk to you more about, you know, because we, we, you know, Anthony, Jay, everyone, we've t- we looked at OBS, you know, Noah's used OBS before. Um, and, and so, yeah, so who knows? I mean, maybe we'll do that. The great thing is it's free, too. Yeah. It doesn't cost a dollar. You exactly. just download it. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing software for free. It's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, regardless, I mean, we just want to have fun with it. But you're, like you said, we're hoping we can have a place where people, downside is we're in Detroit. You know, we're not like in, in L.A. We're not in New York. You know, we're not in even Chicago for that matter. So it's a little bit off the beaten path. But uh, I see a lot of upsides for that right now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. Yeah, it's true, too. And uh, But it's, uh, again, as you guys know, you've been, you both have been here a bunch. I mean, the area is awesome. You know, I mean, everything you could actually want from hotels to food to you know, entertainment and when things are coming back around, everything is like right here. So it's a really cool town, far enough from the city that it's super safe. 
but close enough to the city. If you want to pop in the city, you can go and hang out in the city and you can get to it, you know? So, um, so yeah, hopefully people will come, you know, and, and that was the whole idea is to, to have a place where people come hang out, have a good time, you know, like your experience, you know, to jump in with my anaconda, do whatever you want to do, you know? What a that that was literally the most I told you this the most amazing experience I've ever had with a snake ever having that just the way she came like as you described that it was going to happen that was a great thing if you hadn't told me like that's the way she's going to act you thought you were gonna I would have freaked out I would have thought yeah. like okay this is I'm not I'm not safe here yeah like, when you get a big anaconda that is literally like coming up at your face. Just like, like looking she's not like shy. Yeah, yeah she, it's like she's looking like she's ready to pounce on you, but she's not. She's just literally curious, you know. You know, and um, it, it's it's I've I like you said I have never in the thirty two years I've done snakes had an animal that has acted like her ever. You know, where she crawls to you in complete curiosity, like she just wants to know what's going on with you. You get in her cage, and that's why I told you from the beginning, go in there and be quiet. Like, you know what I mean? Don't go get her. Let her come to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not, glad you told me that because yeah. I would have, like, when, oh, come on, let's go. And then yeah. I just waited. Yeah. And then sure enough, she came right over the top of the waterfall. I was sitting right in front of the waterfall, and she just came right over the top, yeah. just super slow, yeah. tongue flicking, coming at me like the slowest thing possible. And then right when she was doing that, Hillary called me on FaceTime, yeah, my wife, yeah. and my daughter, because my daughter was crying because yeah, yeah, she missed yeah, me. Yeah, She's yeah. like, oh, daddy, I miss you. I was like, I was like, Leah, look, Anaconda is coming right for me right now. She's just like, oh. What? <laughs> I was like, yes, what? So obviously, you guys are having like the uh, lion's share of that experience. But yeah. I'll tell you something that was really cool. I, I walked up, you know, a minute later. And there's one thing to me, it's always amazing to me as a reptile keeper, like anytime a new baby hatches or something mm-hmm. like that, or, yeah. or you, you get like, I recently found a uh, wild timber rattlesnake, which is I my s- first one. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. that's that cool experience. Yeah. And you get that little geek out moment, or I was yeah. talking to Haley, uh, your buddy, the rattlesnake researcher up upstairs. And we like, you came in right at the end of that conversation, yeah. Brian. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, Oh my God, we were like, time. she's yeah. a super freak. This is yeah. awesome. I don't yeah. get to have these. But what was really cool to me was you were watching Ivy, your anaconda, yep. right as she was coming up yep. to Cusco's face, yep. and you were like, can you believe this, Garrett? Yeah. Like, like seriously, when was the last time you saw an anaconda yeah. that acted like that? And I could see that little, like, spark in your eye that, yeah. that I still get all the time yeah. where it's like, look at this, look at it. And it wasn't even you experienced anything. Yeah. You were just getting to oh, live I, vicariously through Brian Cusco in that moment. Well, that's it. I'll be honest with you. I, I get so much pleasure out of seeing... Uh, people come into the reptarium and experience you know and, and with you it's like th- that was a great experience for you but you've done some pretty cool shit with reptiles you that's know? what i'm saying you know? yeah but but with with uh with the the guy that comes off the street that has never touched a reptile ever yeah, dude, yeah. and he walks in and he gets to do something maybe not like getting with ivy but but does you know whether it's hold a, a cow reticulated python or or see you know fee- you know we get you know we allow people to feed you know the five foot you know, water monitor and, and alligators. I mean, to these people, it's like, for me, like I love feeding our alligators. Well, I don't feed them that, you know, we let people feed them and, but I chaperone them. And, uh, and, and, and it's like, it's insane to think for normal people to walk in and feed an alligator is like ridiculous. In, you know what I mean? In it's Detroit. Like, yeah. And it's like, it's like they never thought they could ever get this close to an alligator in their life. And so I see them having that experience and I almost get more, joy out of that than me doing it myself you know well, the, with the alligators i fed so much i don't you know i mean it's pretty routine but yeah. to see them it's like i'm like i just see that especially sometimes little you know five-year-old kids and 
at first they're so afraid because they're like, oh my God, that alligator is going to hurt me. And they've got long tongs and, you know, they're far away. But, uh, but you know, you, 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 you know, after one or two, you know, cause we feed five pieces of meat to each alligator for, for a feeding. And, uh, and, and at the end they're just like, it's just so geeked. And, and I just think like they go, I know again, last night, Luke, uh, from, uh, uh Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, yeah. uh, came in, kid came in, he's about 12 years old and, and, Tony. Uh, Tony, I thought it was Luke. I'm going to say Tony. Tony. I'm going to really? say Tony. Really? Well, let's go back and look at the podcast. Oh my God. I'm going to have to because, <laughs> yeah, because I just did a little piece of calling him Luke. So, so you got time so to re record yeah, it if yeah, need. I'm going to, thank you for telling me that because now I'm going to have to really go back and look at it. Jay, just keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, you might be right now that I mention it, but, uh, uh, or you mention it. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, he came in and, and, and like he, he came all this way, flew in just, just for the Reptarium, you know, from Vancouver, Washington. And, uh, it was his birthday and, and, you know, it was just smart for me to just, I have no idea, but he, he wanted to see Lucy, my big 20 foot retic. And she could be a little bit cantankerous, but you've messed with her. She's pretty yeah, predictable. She's, she's, she's very predictable. Very predictable. Way more predictable than a lot of different retics yeah. I've seen. And yeah. the, and you had the head way far away from yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I I made sure we were in good shape and stuff like that. But he got in the cage, and he was able to kind of feel. She was now up in a tree, so there's no way she could turn around and bite him. And now he's got a full body, and he's doing stuff. And then, ultimately, we did some other things. But I just think to myself, like, that kid is going to talk about that for the rest of his life. Dude, yeah, to, you know? to that point, the fact that you have this place, the fact that you can have the experiences, the experiences are available here to have yeah. that. Me, somebody who's grown up with snakes and yeah. gone traveling the world to find snakes, awesome adventures finding snakes, that I can have the best experience I've had yeah. with a snake ever, that, that I can have that, yeah. to, to your point, like the layman that walks yeah. in, like the things they can experience here. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a blessing and, and, you know, just, we just got to keep going. I'm, I'm just, like I said, that's why I'm so passionate about this and it's, it's hard for me to have focus on much else in life. You know what I mean? Like, like I still love breeding snakes. I still love BHB. I still love, ha I love hatching snakes. I mean, I love seeing what comes out of the egg. I, you know, it's actually an interesting thing now because I completely breed snakes for a hobby. Like, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. like, like you guys know how, how weird is that? Whereas yeah. most people listening are like, yeah, of course you breed snakes for a hobby, but it's like, yeah. no, 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 no like, but yeah, for so well, past you know, that, that you yeah. almost, I yeah. always tell people like back in the day, even six years ago, let's say, let's say you had a sunset clutch, right. And you have five eggs, you know, let's say it's sunset to, to hat. And you're like, man, I hope I produce three sunsets at least, you know, if you produce one, you're depressed. If you produce five, you're like on top of the world. Now I don't care. Yeah. I literally don't care other than just like, oh, I wish I would have produced more. Like there's no like, like financial attachment at all to the clutch. You know so what you I mean? So you can like, have fun again. I can, every clutch I okay, cut so does I not matter what I had. I had to do this same thing because you know me, I'm like all, Brian was way, you've been counting how long it takes me to mention Superdorfs. Oh, <laughs> I'm all, What's, I'm all what Superdorf. Is, what is a Superdorf? I don't know what that is. Oh. Is it? I think that's it's a, a show on TLC, right? No, no, oh, no. It's, we, I don't think we call them that anymore. He's being politically incorrect. I think oh, they're li little people. Little people. Little people. Super little people. Right. Here, right. We Here we go. Willow. <laughs> Willow was one of my favorite Willow, Yeah, Willow. Yeah. Exactly, Will. Yeah, okay. So, oh, okay, so so talk about Ryan, so reach out <laughs> reptiles. I'm going to need you to subscribe. <laughs> Anyways. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but no, so for me, it's all like, and I love the animals. I love the sure. breeding. And, you know, they are what I'm passionate about. So that's what I work with. But recently, and I know you know him, um, Warren, who breeds the uh, African house snakes. Yeah, yeah. Cl uh, one climb. Uh, Bushville. Yeah, one climb, yep. Yeah, Great guy. Climb, I love yeah. that dude, man. Um, so I went and got like kind of a, a, 
maybe a little bit ridiculously extensive collection of uh, African house snakes oh, okay. off him. Good. Just Gosh. because all I do is is dwarf and super dwarf retics. There's wow. no other species in there. Yeah, except for my kids African have house some snakes. Yeah. Yeah, just so that I could have that. Yeah. The the hobby side of it. Yeah, yeah. Because there is still like uh, business attached yeah. to the super doors for sure, me. Sure. Yeah. So it. You know, I don't know. Although it, I think the, I'll be honest with you. I know you're maybe doing this, the 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 uh, <clears throat> house snakes for fun. I think there's a business side to that too. I I looked at when Warren oh, was wanting to sell those. For sure, there I is. looked at them because uh, I think they're one of the most underrated snakes out there. And, is, and all it take all it would take is somebody to champion them to yeah, make them awesome. That, which exactly. I I think Warren is secretly hoping I'm gonna do a little bit yeah, of. That. I but for so. me. I'm like, hey, let me just send you all the babies. Yeah, <laughs> like, you did a yeah. video at his house back in the day. Is that accurate? I did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he Warren and, and uh, Nicole were were basically my, what they would call showrunners for Brian the Wild. So uh, uh, they they basically lined up about fifty percent of the locations and stories that we shot in Africa. Uh, so I stayed, uh, stayed right. Well, I didn't stay on their property. I stayed on their neighbor's property for like five, six days. And then they came up to, uh, um, uh, up into Bella Bella at, at, at a place called Jakudu. Uh, they came and stayed with me for four or five days. So we spent about 10 days in Africa together filming. And Warren is, I mean, Nicole is amazing because she's like super organized. Uh, but Warren is just a great reptile person. I mean, he's he's truly, truly gifted with yeah. what he does. And and uh, so I looked at those African house snakes. But uh, when he was like, he needed to downsize because they had a kid and, you know, moved here and all this other stuff. But uh, it just didn't make sense for me because I'm like moving in a different direction. The last thing I want to do is upsize into a new project yeah. that I have to they're, work on. They're when prime I'm though. They have yeah. a, uh, they have got the locality side. They've got, cause yeah. like you were mentioning Bella Bella. That's one yeah. of the localities. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got the morph side and they really are, they're colubrids, yeah. but they're like a mini a python. Mini python. They yeah. remind me so much of Antaresia. They are a lot you know? like an Antaresia. So the, the way they look, the way they act, yeah. everything. Yeah, I don't even know how they're a colubrid, really, when you look at them. You're like, how is that a colubrid? You Just know what I mean? Just because colubrid is like the other box at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's, yeah. there's cobras and vipers and but pythons you're, I think you're right. I mean, other. It, it would be kind of analogous <laughs> to how like a puff adder is like a death adder in Australia. It's almost like how snakes are the Antaracea of Africa. Yeah, yeah they you really know, I, are. I, I really, I'm surprised that they would be classified into a colubrid category. So Warren was excited because I was getting into those, and yeah. then I'm all excited because he's getting into the super doors now. So nice, nice. Well. I'm showing awesome. my, my snake ignorance here, but do all pythons have the vertical pupil and not the round pupil? Is that accurate? Well, the house snake, have, they have verticals, don't they? Or do they have rounds? I think they're round. Are they round? Okay, okay. Yeah, I, the only house snakes I have at the Look moment at is I have the, the black ones. Uh, and they're that's one so of the black. few that I didn't get. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. them. I'll have to show you, man. You'll oh, love them. I, I'm they're sure like, I will. They're like little mine, like little miniature Mexican black kings. Yeah, you know? I mean they're they're freaking cool. Uh, especially when you get the real black ones. We have a few pair of like jet black ones. You know, they look just like Mexican black kings, but they're smaller, higher production. You know, just a you know smaller snake. They're just a cool animal. You've got. Going back to the old snake bites days, man. The uh, bar check, you win. They are vertical. Yeah, I thought wow. they were vertical. Yeah, I thought they were vertical. Yeah, that's 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 very unusual. Yes. Yeah. For a colubrid, am I uh, incorrect? Well, like, a lot of colubrids do have, uh, 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 you know, like round people. But yeah, 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 but, but yeah, you figure all the boega, you know, are, are yeah. you know have cat mm. eyes. Oh yeah, like sure, that, so sure. That. So yeah, I mean, it goes back and it's forth. It's just but, a nocturnal, diurnal yeah. thing, I think. But, yeah, yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know what what I'd love to know what the the 
why something is a, a boa die or a python a die as opposed to a calibre die. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I don't know if it has to do with heat pits or if it has to do with. I have no idea. I think it's mm. just people making stuff up. <laughs> Mexican yeah, burrowing yeah, yeah. python. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's go. a good one. That's a good one. You know one. what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Or you have the yeah the, the calabar burrowing pythons that right. are actually a boa. Right. They're in the boa day family, Come but they lay guys. eggs. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, they're they're it's crazy. You know, it's 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 wild. Yeah, I love taxonomy. You are untapped knowledge in a way. Like there's so many things that you know about obviously the hobby and the history of it, but the just species and these little, like little things about snakes. So every time we start talking about stuff like that, you always come out with this stuff. I've never heard you as somebody who's watched so many of your videos, especially snake bites and all the different, you know, educational knowledge you would put out there. Every time we talk about snakes, like you just know these little things you just, they're all, it's in there. So, so I've known you before, like the big social media. So I think most people know you from social media these days. Yeah. They don't realize that. Yeah. I was doing reptiles for almost 15 years before Barcheck you know, is yeah. is basically like what Jay Leno is to cars, where he's like, "Oh, cool, it's a thirty-eight Bugatti." Yeah, 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 the headlights are wrong though; those yeah. must have been replaced. That's, yeah, well, that's I mean, I think that's what, you know. I, <laughs> there's a couple things. Number one, I, I I've never wanted to uh, portray myself as someone that is elitist. We were talking last night about this, <laughs> uh, so I don't use like you know scientific names. Latin names very often, you know, even though I know them all, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, not all of them, but I know most of them. Um, and, and I love reading about like all the crazy stuff about reptiles. I love, I'm a student of everything I do. Right. You know I mean? No matter what it is, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or reptiles, I'm a student. I love learning. And so, um, and, and I think it's just a matter of quantity too you i mean just when you do something for 32 years you're gonna have a lot of knowledge you know and that's why i always talk about listen i never poo poo an 18 year old kid that that is passionate about reptiles i'm never gonna because number one i was that 18 year old kid back in that day people didn't take me serious because i was a kid that being said when an 18 year old kid challenges my knowledge It's a little bit upsetting, you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> you go, you, you may, yeah, you <laughs> may think you know a lot, but I can guarantee you, I've forgot more than you know. You know right. what I mean? Like, and that's not an insult to them because one day they'll be the same thing I am, but it's going to take a long time. You know I, what I mean? I'll tell you, you one know? thing. I, I think I've learned about people who are just getting in and they're really excited and they're young and they're maybe a little bit ignorant, but they've learned a few facts and stuff. I think a lot of times they come into, and so like younger guys, if you're listening, this would be my perspective, and I don't know if you share this or not, um, but they come in and and they they just actually really probably do respect you, but they want to prove themselves to you. Like, oh, if I can impress Brian Barczyk, or if I can know that like you know like the house snakes have round pupils instead of slit yeah. pupils or something and he didn't know that that somehow gives me some uh validation that i i'm you know I getting mean, to know some things about reptiles it's certainly possible but i just think there's also that like entitlement that comes sometimes with uh with not i mean listen i i, I meet tons and tons of very young very passionate very knowledgeable reptile keepers um, but they should always also realize that, you know, nothing, nothing beats experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's period. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, you know, when people are like, how did you learn all of those ball python marsh? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know when you're cutting an egg that's, that's a, 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 a cypress, blah, 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 blah. And, and I, I said, was you, there you, for all the first yeah, ones. Yeah, you, you're <laughs> just there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. it's like if I came into the ball python world now, I'd be lost. Right. You know, but I was there for the first ones and, and, and the experience and, and it's not just ball pythons. I mean, it's it is funny, right? Because a lot of people uh, because of snake bites and because of 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 online really always said, you know, that I was a ball python person. I remember once um, I did an interview with this. Uh, it was kind of a gotcha interview, as a matter of fact. And it was uh, when I was doing the Discovery Channel show, Venom Hunters. And, uh, and I told Discovery when they, they reached out, their PR reached out to me and said, hey, this, 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 I can't remember. I really can't even remember who it was. But it was like this person wants to do an interview for this, this you know, magazine, whatever. And I told Discovery right off the bat, I said, it's a got you interview. You know that, right? I said, they're, they're going to be against what we do. And, and uh, they go, well, we think we should do it anyways. I said, all right, if you want to do it. They said, we'll have our publicist on the phone with you as you're doing the interview, just to protect it. And I go, that's fine. I said, I can probably hold my own, but I'd like to have a discovery publicist on the phone with me. That'd be great. First thing out of her mind is she says, how does a ball python guy become a venomous expert? And my response to her right off the bat was, well, you must not have done your research because I'm not a ball python guy. I said 80% of my collection is in ball pythons. And I kept my first venomous snake when I was 17 years old. I said, but now let's go on with the interview, right? And the whole interview was a gotcha interview. They were trying to discredit what I was doing. Ultimately, my point was is that it's a TV show, right? It's not real, yeah. right? You know, don't think I'm actually trying to become a venomous expert. You know, and, and that was the weird thing about that Discovery show is that you had some venomous experts that were really, like, upset that they thought I was trying to become a venomous expert. I was never trying to become a venomous expert. I was just doing television, right? You know, that's all. That's all it was, you know? It was all for TV, and people that think TV is real are crazy. Nothing on TV (laughs) is real, right? I'll tell you what. Nothing? I I think a lot of people would say... Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Well, you know, I just found out one of my YouTube videos is on TV in South Africa from Haley. Oh, shit. It was a video with her. She was going out with them doing their rattlesnake research in the field. And she's like, Brian... People are calling me from South Africa. Like, Haley, we saw you on, oh, <laughs> on African that's TV. Awesome. That's awesome. So there are some real things on TV. Maybe not yeah, in the United no, States. No, yeah. but That's why I like British TV. Yeah. I, I watch a lot of British TV on Netflix because it's like, you know, I, it, it's funny. Chewy was obviously, my guy was on, on Venom Hunters, and he said it ruined him for television. He's like, I can't even watch television anymore. <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like sausage, right? You don't want to know how they make it. Just, <laughs> just, just, eat it. Just, just eat it, you know? It doesn't bother me. And it's not that, the premise is, all, like, listen, when we were catching snakes, it was real. I mean, when I was, you know, had a king brown snake or a taipan, I mean, that was legit. That thing could kill me. But the whole story behind was I really trying to become a venomous, you know, expert? Of course not. I yeah. had no interest in that. You know, I mean, I was just doing a television show for well, entertainment. And this is and this is the thing. Uh, and I picked up on this when you said it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of people would say, "Well, then why do you want to do that, Brian? Why do you want to be a part of some something that's so fake or or whatever it is?" Mm-hmm. But but you said something earlier that that struck with me. You're saying that you know, even though you know a lot of scientific names, you don't use them. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, what's pretty cool is I think you understand the um, the important uh, base of who's watching. Yeah. And you, with with who you are and what you're doing, 
you knowing all the scientific names is not going to capture the hearts and no. imaginations of the next generation, no, which is really what you're all about. That's you're all You're talking I care about, about the kids feeding the alligator, all, or with Brian, it was anaconda because for him, that was new. Yep. I thought it was funny that you got that light in your eyes because for you, it was just new for him and it was like channeling over channeling through you so i can see why you do it so when they say like well why do you do something like that i think it's to capture the hearts and the minds of the next generation yeah well right well and and people actually Haley, your buddy said in that episode that you're talking about i remember this she said you know, it's so funny. If they actually filmed real science, nobody would watch. No one would watch. She did so say that, yeah. boring. No, it's totally true. And the thing that why did Venom Hunters actually it was very simple. I thought that, and 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 you got to remember, most television shows, and I've been involved. That was the only series I ever did, but I was involved in one-off shows quite a bit. And uh, very rarely does the concept of what they pitch you actually turn into what they do, right? right? So I like the concept of Venom Hunters from the standpoint that could we take something that everyone's afraid of and say, look at how valuable these things are. You know, I mean, this is saving lives, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, high blood pressure, all these things. I mean, the you know, King Cobra Venom is being used as one of the most powerful pain sedatives uh, in the planet and is an addictive, more uh, effective than morphine but not addictive, you know? So that was what drew me to them. And of course, I've now learned, uh, and that's why I've turned down a lot of TV deals in the last two years, three years, a lot of TV deals, uh, is because I've now learned that what they tell you on the phone, like this is what it's going to be, is never what it's going to be. So you have to see the forest through the trees and say, okay, do I want to be involved? And, And I've said, you know, quite frankly, that I would probably never do TV again. Uh, there is a potential project in the works right now that I might jump back into the fire with it. Uh, I, you know, we'll talk more about that down the road. So, so, cause it's still just tentative, but, uh, but there's very few projects I'd work on in television now because you lose all control, right? You, you know, whereas YouTube, you control everything. Totally. You control the content, you control the edits, you control the release, you control comments, you control pretty much everything. Literally everything. And yeah. uh, um, the only thing you don't control on YouTube, which you don't control on television, is how many people watch. You know, you can't control that, how much YouTube serves to people. Or how people are um, going to react to it. <laughs> or how people are going to react to it. But on television, like yeah, shows You can change. control that a little bit. I like playing with the viewers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I set them up. I set them up. I'm guilty. But, uh, um, but you know, it's funny like I, I shot a a pilot for history channel you know maybe 10 years ago and um and, and and it was actually it was a you know i had always said that if we ever did a show about a reality type show about our business our life our family it could work because it's such a unique unusual life you know not only what we do as reptiles but also the fact that i have you know my wife and my son involved and all this type of stuff and, um, and, and, and at that time we had crazy crew with Chewy and all kinds of other things. And so, um, so we, sure enough, we had a production company really well, well, you know, big production company that was trying to, you know, they shot this sizzle reel and it was called reptiles dysfunction is what it was called. Reptile, <laughs> reptile dysfunction was, that was what they were pitching. They went to this summit that was called real screen. Real screen is like the largest video, uh, a television summit in, in the world. And it's where all the executives from discovery down to history to you name it, all the executives go to real screen and then all the major production companies go and they pitch all their ideas. It happens in February. And then there's one in the summer as well. Probably 80% of television. It used to be this year, maybe different because of COVID, but uh, used to be bought at one of this real screen summits. 
And so we went to real screen. We didn't, but my production company went with the sizzle reel that they shot, reptile dysfunction, and and like eight networks wanted to buy it. You know, ultimately history was really popping off at the time. Pawn Stars was really big. There was a few other shows on that was like, you know, so History Channel was like the the, the highest rated network. And so sure enough, history bought a pilot, you know, the pilot, Reptile Dysfunction. And uh, didn't go to series, which you really want when you do television. You want them to go right to series, you know, six-part, yeah. ten-part series. But they were willing to purchase a pilot, you know. And um, and so somewhere along the way, this reptile dysfunction pilot turned into, well, you know what? We should do something different here. We should do deadliest catch type thing where it's not just about BHB. It, it's, we've got three other people. Like, you know, almost like the, you know, the three boats and deadliest catch, right? Three reptile yeah. So, but, but it wasn't going to be reptiles. They didn't want three reptiles or four reptile people. They wanted four <clears throat> animal people. Somehow oh, wow. the, the, the powers that be decided that it would be good to have a reptile company. And then the other people would be a guy that hunted cougars, a guy that hunted wolves, and a guy that hunted bears up in, in Alaska or something like that. And it's like... You know, and so ultimately they shot our part and then they shot the other three parts and uh, they meshed them together. And I saw the saw the, the pilot and it was like you put a snake bites episode in, in, in the middle of a hunting show. <laughs> like it made no sense, you know. <laughs> and so ultimately what ended up happening was uh, history got the pilot and, and said, this is what now history is the one that decided, the executive producer decided to go in this direction. They came back and said, we hate the wolf guy the bear guy and the cougar guy but we really like the reptile guys <laughs> and so uh they said we're going to do one of three things we're going to either recast the other three into something else we're going to go just reptile dysfunction with this the one family or we're we just going to shit can the whole thing and they shit can the whole thing <laughs> yeah you know but that's, that's the problem with television right is that you know you, you they buy something reptile dysfunction they screw it up and then at the end they go wow you know what we like it the way <laughs> we like it the way we should have bought it that way, and, and that's the same thing that happened with Venom Hunters. Quite frankly, is that we when we, when we signed on for Venom Hunters, Chu and I were supposed to be the main t- two guys, and then there were supposed to be a few other teams that were offshoots. Um, and then somehow, an executive producer a guy named Car- Kyle Wheeler or Discovery decided that Tim the Wild Man Fitzer should be the main guy. And then ultimately, when the show rated okay, not great, but okay not good enough to get renewed. The, the, the focus groups came back that everyone hated Tim Fitzer. <laughs> and I, and I actually met with discovery after, cause they flew me out there and had a meeting with them. And, um, and we still have good relationship with the network. Now, uh, they, they, they literally said, they said, well, listen, they said, we focus group this. And they said, you and Chewy focus group. Great. Everyone else focus group. Terrible. And I, I told him, I said, listen, this is, I go, I'm going to teach you a little bit about television right now. I said, when you do television, you want to be one of two things. You either want to be the guy that's like, man, I'd like to go and have a beer with that dude. Or you want to be the guy that's like, I'd like to punch that motherfucker in the face. <laughs> right? What you don't want to be is Tim Fitzer. I want to change the channel. Right? <laughs> that's what you don't want to be. And that's what he was. So that tells you all the wisdom of television, you know, and why it's so tricky. Pure genius. So yeah. I think TV is changing. Yeah, of course. Uh, COVID, I mean, t- TV is like hardly even a thing now. It's all right, subscription-based yeah. watching. Yeah. I don't even know what TV is anymore. And then yeah, the, the new networks are, are companies like 
Netflix yeah, or Hulu, you know like, yeah, yeah Apple TV you know what I'm and, saying? Yep. yeah and then you have people like what the, the peacock trying to stay alive in the middle of that you know what I mean by shifting yeah but it's been interesting to see see the world evolve okay yeah. one thing that uh, Cusco and I talk about all the time in our lives as we as we talk and we're friends and we talk with our you know families hey how's Hillary the kids you know asking first thing I asked when I saw you yesterday um We've talked for years about like achieving a work-life balance yeah, and kind of like what we have. <laughs> talking to the wrong guy here, buddy. <laughs> no, I think I'm talking to the right guy. So, no, yeah, you're so right. yeah. I, I want to ask you about this because, I mean, I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've got this this Bell's palsy. Half yeah. my face doesn't work. It's only it, temporary paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made that joke killer last night, dude. Yeah. No, it was on the ground. Oh, man. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I can do certain impressions really well right yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um, but before I knew that this was based on on Lyme's disease, yeah. I was like, okay, what the heck is Bell's palsy? And everything was just like you're pushing yourself too hard. Mm. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But with the COVID thing going on, we're talking about the reptile shows and the and the change of everything. And I think it probably affected you in a more challenging way. Yeah than it would somebody like us, like me and Brian, because all we do is either online or like out of our homes. Right. You have a public facility here. Yeah. So you had a lot of, of challenges and things. And you and I have talked about some of the genius things that you've done, like virtual tours yeah. or, or like your hourly, the way you get people yeah. in hourly so that everyone gets a more intimate experience, stuff yeah. that you've learned during this time that will probably change the way you do it. it forever. But yeah. ultimately, I would love to ask you, on a personal level. Yeah. So forget the, the TV stuff, yeah. the vlog, yep. the reptarium, all that kind of stuff. How, how, and, and I don't know that anyone, I mean, he's probably, Costco's probably got this the five minute question out is coming. It is. That's the way I ask questions. <laughs> That's good. I'm good. I mansplain I'm following, along the way. I'm, fo I'm following it. Cusco does this better than I do. Maybe better than you do. But I'd like to ask you, wh where's the end goal in sight? Or like, how do you achieve that positive kind yeah. of like work and life balance where yeah. it can bring you happiness yeah. and not give you facial paralysis or an anxiety attack or something like that well, along the way. You well, know? no, it's a great question. Yeah. And it's something that I probably have been, you know, more in, in tune, you know, and you, you know, we've talked a lot about this on the phone before. And now since you've been here about, you know, balance, as a matter of fact, my, my two uh, wristbands here, remind me of every day and this is the white here is actually a drop of water from mount everest and okay. this is a, a piece of mud from the dead sea huh. and uh and it it it, it represents balance and high point right? to low point high point to low point and uh i tell you what yes COVID affected me uh emotionally more than financially or, or business-wise it was a, a it, it really put me into uh, a, a, one of the worst anxiety states that i had had ever been in in my life uh one time about 20 years ago i had a real bad bout with anxiety that lasted almost a year um i'm coming out of a, about a seven month issue with it now of that seven months about five months were literally unlivable i mean like to the point where I was a shell of who I am. I mean, a shell. And, know? and I think that's relatable. Not not like for me, like I don't understand what that's yeah. like, but there are so many people yeah. who are going through that kind of stuff right now. Well, mental health has always been a, something that I've been very uh, aware of. And, and, and because I've had anxiety issues my whole life, but, but, but like, you know, you know, I push myself through those anxiety issues. Uh, but, but when you get into an anxiety break, like I had shortly after COVID hit, um, 
now you're just hanging on. So I've, I've told people for four and a half, maybe five months, I existed. I did not live one minute. Not one minute was I alive. Wow. I was just existing for four and a half or five months. Every minute, you know, thankfully I had people like Jay, my camera guy that literally, literally days held my hand through the day. I mean, minute by minute, not, not hour by hour, but minute by minute. And, uh, and I had a lot of great people around me that supported me, but, but like you said, from a business standpoint, we pivoted, uh, quickly because that's what I do. I'm a problem solver and I pivot. Um, and we, we financially were fine. As a matter of fact, most of our business were thriving exponentially, but, um, you know, the Reptarian was the only one we had to pivot pretty hard and to figure out what's the new way, you know, and, and I've saw a lot of my friends that had businesses that didn't change at all and just were, were like, oh, this sucks. And I'm like, well, if it sucks, figure out how to change. Right. And There's opportunities. The victims of the market. Yeah, the yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you can either sit back and feel sorry for yourself or you could do something about it. And I did something about it, but that didn't help my anxiety and my mental state. Um, so in life now, uh, I'm working very difficultly to find balance. Uh, and, and that's probably the most difficult thing because uh, why I'm anxious, why... I'm driven, why I do the things I do is because of my demons, right? Those demons of I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be you know, smart enough, I'm never going to achieve anything, all those things, those are the demons I carry with me daily, and those are the demons that push me and motivate me to get better. I'm not good enough, I'm going to prove myself that I'm good enough. I'm not smart enough, I'm going to prove myself that I'm smart enough. The problem is, is that you're never going to achieve that goal. So somehow you have to mentally, and this is what I've worked on so diligently over the last six months is you have to start to love yourself because honestly uh and that's why i think it's 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 it was always funny one of the most interesting things that uh i i i when i heard negative things about me was when someone would say like i'm real arrogant and i'm like i don't even fucking like myself you know what i mean like i think i'm a horrible yeah. You know, I, I'm not smart. I'm not good. I'm not this. I'm I not can that. relate to you on that and, aspect. And, yeah. And so it was interesting when people would, it somehow think I'm arrogant because I'm like, I, I'm as far from arrogant as you can get because I don't even think highly of myself. So I'm trying now to think highly of myself. You know, um, it's not easy. It's not something that's easy at all. You know? I can feel it coming through you. I can feel the yeah. work you've done since I've been yeah. around you for the last yeah. 24, 48 hours. Like it, it literally, I woke up with the, the energy that you had, especially last night when we were yeah. chilling at the house and we were yeah. all like hanging out, doing the that sauna, doing the fun. cold tub. Like fun. your energy was so good. Yeah. It rubbed off because I'm very sensitive to people's energy around yeah. me. And, and uh, it, it rubbed off me so hard. Like I woke up this morning still with it. Like woke up, I was like, and I, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. Then I realized when I came and saw you, I was like, it's the energy you were putting out yeah. last night. It's still running it through my body. I appreciate it's- it. Well, I appreciate because I, I believe in that hard, whole and heartedly is, is, is like having this positive mentality, this positive energy. And, and so I'm working on all of those things that I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. I'm, I'm successful. I deserve success something I didn't think I deserved. You know, people might think that, think that's weird, but six months ago, if you would have asked me, the thing that came out of my therapy that was the most, like, crazy to me okay. was was the fact that uh, when when my therapist asked me, do you think you deserve happiness? And do you think you deserve success? And I was shocked at how emotional I got over those two things. Like, I didn't, I had never realized I didn't think I deserved happiness. I thought I deserved pain. Pain was my comfort zone, right? Anxiety was where I was safe. 
and, and, and I didn't think I deserved success or happiness or the things that I had. Uh, I'm still working on 100% getting to the point where I think I totally deserve that. I'm close. I'm close. You know, I work hard. I deserve it. So the long, that was a long wind thing. But my point is, is that almost as long as my question. Yeah, almost as long as your <laughs> But uh, the point is, is that uh, I, I think, um, you, you know, balance is important. And this is the, the I'll leave that, this topic on this point is that if I went through close to five months of hell, as bad as I, you know, when people tell me, oh, yeah, I have anxiety. Some people do, but most people don't. Right. And, and, you know, so when, when someone, listen, when someone kills their self, they're not dying or killing their self because they don't want to live. They don't want to live with the pain of life. Okay. There's a huge difference between those two things. Right. right. I mean, Right. Like waking up with the pain of depression or anxiety is so hard that you can't do it anymore. You give up. Right. And it's not like, I mean, if you took someone that was suicidal and said, you don't have to feel the pain anymore, they'd want to live. Right. And and that's, that's the difference. So the fact is if I went through four and a half or five months again for the second time in my life, um, and, and, and I didn't take something out of that, then why did I go through it? You know what I mean? Like oh, I have yeah. to take out yeah. positive. And I have said this, and, and as I'm coming out of this and feeling more normal and feeling more myself, uh, or, or new self, quite frankly, not my old self, a brand new self, um, I will be so grateful for those four or five months. Grateful for the rest of my life that I went through that pain because it will make me who I am for the rest of my life. And that means that I have to find balance. And I have to find balance in life. I have to find balance in happiness. I have to find balance in the things I have around me, the happiness I have. And if I just work my life away, even if I love my work, you know, this is another question that my therapist asked me. If you weren't working, what would you want to do on your day off? That's I didn't have a hard an question for you. I, know I didn't that, have an I've answer. asked you that. I feel like yeah, I, didn't, I don't know. I still to this day don't know the answer to that. Dead serious. If someone said, what would you want to do for fun? tomorrow you don't have to go to work you can't go to work you can't go to work tomorrow what would you do you can do anything i think luckily but, you do uh, what you're doing is something that you really enjoy well, i that, mean that's the, that's the hard part is it, that it i is already work, do though. it's the difference yeah, between the is. super doors and the house snakes for me like yeah. i don't want to sell them i don't want to you know what i mean i want to yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's a hard, it's, it's tough, man, because it's like, I love, Jay knows this. I, I told him this early on. And he sees it. Like, I know this seems weird, but like, I literally don't do anything I don't want to do. Like, so if, if there's something in one of my businesses I don't like, I just delegate that to somebody else. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not doing that. You know, so I only do the things that I love. So it's hard when you go like, well, what would you want to do if you're not working? What's well, like, well, all I want to do is work because this is what I love. But at the same time, from a, from a mental health and happiness standpoint, you need balance. You know, you need balance. And, uh, and I've, I've rectified a lot of things. Like I sleep now. I sleep seven, eight hours a day. That used to never happen. Uh, I go to the gym four to five days a week. I obviously do sauna, cold tubs. I eat completely healthy. Best thing ever for yeah. you. Oh yeah. God. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm on this path that I think is amazing. And, and that's what I, I want to encourage. So now, but this is the other thing, guys. And I know that we're getting a little bit deep. But, um, but I also want to inspire people, not just to love animals and follow their dreams, but I want to inspire people that deal with mental health, that they can get better. This was my point, is that... 
if you were as bad as I was, which, I, listen, I'm telling you, if you're, you've got a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst you could be, I was a 9. You know, so there's not much worse. You know right. what I mean? That, that's how bad it was. Yet I was able to still vlog every single day. That's I was able crazy. To keep, I, I was able to build a ton of stuff, you know, build podcast rooms. I was able to redo bathrooms. I was able to, you know, and, and I wanted to show people that you don't, as a matter of fact, you shouldn't stop when you're in that spot because you're not going to, you know. Because then you don't have anything else except right. those well, demons that you're dealing right. with. Right, and this is what I've said is that it's analogous to if you were 50 pounds overweight but you drank Coke and, and McDonald's every day, you can't expect yourself to lose weight, Right. Well, if you are in a mentally bad spot, but yet you're not doing anything to better yourself, how do you think you're going to get better? You know, I mean, Jay knows this, and he said it to me one time. He said, I've never seen anyone work harder to get better mentally than you. There was a time where five days a week I was going to four different therapists, four different therapists. Wow. You know, and a massage therapist to boot, you know what I mean? Now, not everyone has the resources I have to spend that kind of money and to do all those other things, but there's self-help. There's, you know, I was on top of that. I was, you know, every book I could read and every, every anxiety YouTube channel I could find, you know, I mean, on top of all that, I was committed to not only working and doing these things, but I was committed to getting better. And, and that's the only way I could get better was to commit myself to get better. And I want to encourage other people that are suffering from anxiety and depression, especially in COVID season, you know, uh, a lot of people are struggling out there, you know, I mean, and rightfully so it's a scary time to be in a, a, this situation. I remember, uh, when, when really I started to fall off, you know, I was a little anxious and I remember sitting in my living room and now you got to remember that I typically, when I work, I'm working from, you know, seven, eight in the morning till eight, nine o'clock at night. You know, that's my typical day. Well, with COVID going on and not being open to the public and all these other things, I was getting home every day at like five o'clock, you know, six o'clock by the latest every day, which was interesting, but it was definitely outside of the, my comfort zone. And, and, and so I was getting a little anxious. And I remember one day sitting in my living room, it was like 5.30, had the TV on and um, trying to do whatever. And I remember the feeling coming over me because the other thing you got to remember is that we had, Michigan had the second highest rate of COVID. Right. To New York. To New, York, New York and yeah. Detroit, basically. New York and Detroit. And yeah. so so on the news was this like Detroit, you know, is getting decimated. You know, their hospitals are filling up. People are dying left and right. So I'm sitting in my living room. I hear about Detroit. I'm in the city that this this is happening at. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if half the city's going to die. I go outside. It's apocalyptic. I mean, there's not a car on the road. Every business is shut down. Wow. And I remember sitting in my living room at that point and just the, <clears throat> the overwhelming feeling of like, I can't escape this. There's nothing I can do to escape this, you know? And that's when it went downhill. Like literally within days, I was a shell of myself. Like I, I started losing all sense of reality. And um, so my point is, is a lot of people are in the same spot. You know, some people have gotten better. Some people have, have gotten worse. 
And, uh, and I want to inspire people that, you know, listen, you know, you can get better. Nobody, I don't take medicine, right? So, I mean, I, I don't take antidepressants, anti-anxiety. I can't. I have a, a, a mutation that's called MKFR. That is uh, uh, basically means I can't metabolize certain is that, things. Is that something you learned recently? Is that I the reason? It. Yeah, I learned this recently. And I've tried to take medicine over the years, and it's always almost every medicine I take reacts really weird. That's yeah, why I, I knew you had that, right, right. Yeah, and, uh, it, and I got tested uh, uh, my... Uh, um, um, what are they call them? Darn it! I can't remember the doctors. They hormone doctors. I can't remember what the name of the actual technical name of a hormone doctor is. But uh, I did blood work and they tested. She said, "I think that you know, her name is Doctor Lyle." She said, "I think you might have this mutation." You know, just judging by what was going on, and and, and not only did I have the mutation, I had a double version of the mutation. So the worst form of that mutation. That's why, like, you have to even be careful what like shampoo you use because it can make toxicity in your body you can't have homeostasis right so you have to be real clean and stuff like that so anyways point is no big deal lots of people live with that mutation it's no big deal um it's like a spider wobble you know you can you can can live with it um knowing knowing somebody like you is has been Good for me. It helps me feel just blessed in my own life to uh, somehow naturally. I've I've never I've never dealt with any kind of anxiety anywhere near anything close to anxiety. I think maybe yeah. too much coffee, like way too much coffee one yeah. morning. I was like, is this what it's like? <laughs> right, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I have no idea. I have no idea. And I've always, like I just have always had this way way of being like oh, everything's good. Like yeah. even even if she, even if shit's going really bad for me, like I'm like no, nah, it's okay. Yeah. Like and I, I don't have to That's and right. I don't have to try at it. Like so it makes me feel like. I think you you love yourself, too, in the way that Brian was talking about, where I don't think anyone would ever say he's cocky or arrogant. Right. Oh, sure No no one would. Yeah, I don't know. Not like people, like, I mean, people who don't know me are like, Garrett, isn't that the guy that can't get through the doorway because his head won't fit? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right, so, like, I get a lot of that, too, just because I'm loud and confident and whatever. But but, uh, definitely, like, I don't know. I can relate to everything that you're talking about. And even when you said like the big thing for you was like, I don't know that I deserve. Yeah. You know, it's hard. And that's what I mean to, to hear you guys having that kind of feeling. Cause I, I don't know that feeling. Like, I had a little bit of a moment hearing you talk about your moment. So that was weird. The only thing that is different between you and me and probably why I don't experience anxiety is because I, I love the lack of control. That's my yeah. favorite thing in life. Well, yeah. Well, that's, it's funny you say that because anxiety suffers it's the most uncomfortable thing is to not be in control. Right. So, so like being in control is what causes you to feel safe. Right. And, and and one of the things that one of my therapists talks about is, is becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, so that's a very difficult thing for me. You know, that, that sauna and cold tub is definitely a big help in that. Cause that's like physically, you know, it's a physical thing, but still like you're dealing with being very, very uncomfortable and staying with her and being like, I'm okay with this. Well, and those are all things that, you know, you, you know, practice and, 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 you know, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy and changing the way you think about things and do things. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's, but you've got to practice it. You know what I mean? You've got to practice it all the time, you know, and as you practice it slowly, the other thing is, is that, you know, you, you, um, you always want to, you know, delete zip files in your brain, you know? So, you know, one of my therapists said that, you know, with every anxiety, you know, moment is, is a wounded child, right? Huh. And so, you know, if that wounded child, so, so big, I'm not going to, gosh, I'm getting into this big, No, I love it. This thing, is great. Know, this, this is like so, our favorite kind of podcast. There's a lot right? of people that, that could really benefit from yeah. hearing. So we all have a subconscious and a conscious, right? You know, oftentimes our child 
is the subconscious, right? And so anxiety, in particular anxiety and depression people, there is a saying that says that depressive people live in the future and, or I'm sorry, depressed people live in the past, anxiety people live in the future, right? So depressed people are like, always like, oh man, I was a abused child. I did this, this happened and I can't get away from it. I can't leave it. You know, this person died, you know, whatever case I'm depressed. Whereas anxiety people are typically like, I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about the future. But the truth is, is, is it, they're bedfellows, you know, they're very, very close. So, so what happens is that people with anxiety like myself will, will apply uh, results from the past. Let's say I go and I buy a, a, a reptile project and it, and it failed horribly in the past. Now, when I go to buy a next reptile project in the future, I don't say like, oh, this could work out. I say, oh, well, it worked out so bad in the past. It's going to work out bad again, right? That's what anxiety people do. They apply the past zip files into the present and future of things. And you always anticipate the same results from something that happened in the past. So you have to literally stop that inner child from that subconscious and you have to say no. You can't you can't think that the same thing is going to happen. And I do that a lot of times by saying let's say like the the or it's called like the or therapy. It's like so I'm going to buy this project and it's going to end up like it did in the past or it's going to not end up like in the past or it's going to be better or it's going to be great or and you keep saying or and or and or until you get to a point where it no longer feels like the past right wow. and these are like little therapy things that you go through and and uh but but also you know reframing those zip files from the past those traumatic experiences from the past and 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 turning them into at least livable moments you know you know i th- you know, I, uh, I carry around, you'll, you'll laugh about this, but I carry around a picture when I was six years old in my car, okay? And the reason I do that is that that was about the age when I started to feel unsafe in life, right? Because of an alcoholic. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. that's, I don't think anyone would laugh about <laughs> no. that. I just wanted yeah. to do it because yeah. <laughs> no. no one's going to laugh at you for that. that was, no, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, but no, I was six years old. I, you know, I had alcoholic dad, abusive. Uh, you know, my mom was erratic, you know, like very, you know, they say like there's three types of parents. You're a parent. You know about this. Uh, you know, there's the, uh, you can do anything you want, parent. I'm not going to discipline you at all you fucking run free and do whatever you want parent there's the parent that is very strict but very consistent you do something wrong there's going to be a repercussion Lori fell in that category right kids always knew what's going to happen you so do something far i've wrong. fallen both in somehow okay. i'm okay. i'm literally in both right, right now okay somehow. so what's interesting enough you may not want to hear this then the worst category <laughs> is the one that it's unpredictable. Well, but no, I'm, well, I'm strict about certain things. Yeah, as long as there's predictability. You know, so my mom was like, you know, I'll give you an example. One time uh, my sister, I mean, this is so horrible. One time my sister sprayed a bunch of toilet spray, like, you know, like the air freshener. And, and she blamed it on me and my mom beat the shit out of me, right? For air That's freshener. That's pretty young. Right. Yeah, I but, got But you. yet I set my garage on fire and my mom laughed. You know, she thought it was funny. She thought it was funny. Like, ah, oh, it all happens. It's a mistake. It's fine, you know. Um, unpredictability. And what, they, what mm. they've done in studies is found that the kids that have either strict but predictable parents or even the kids, they might be a little entitled that can run free, but they at least knew they could always run free. The, the parent that was unpredictable with every outcome 
those are the people mm. that dealt with the most. Yes, you know, I'm at health. least consistent with that. They know they that's know consistent. when they're doing something that they're going to get in trouble for because they'll yeah, be looking over their shoulder for yeah. me. And that's fine as long <laughs> as it's consistent. You know, it's like consistency. So I had, unfortunately, so anyways, my point is that six years old was when I felt the most unsafe. Uh, when I started to feel unsafe and then I felt unsafe my whole life because of those moments. So, so I've had to go back to that six year old Brian all the way through my childhood and try to reframe all those moments, uh, to safety, you know? So these are, these are, you know, things that people can do, uh, but it takes work. I mean, I, I put, you know, sometimes an hour to three hours a day into mental health. Again, what are you going to do if you're 50 pounds overweight and you're eating McDonald's, you're going to stop eating McDonald's. You're going to go to the gym. And you're going to go to the gym and you're going to get results. Well, why would mental health be any different? You know, you go to your mental health gym and you put in your time to get healthy, right? Well, here, here's the thing about you, Brian, and, and you're, I don't think you can help but to do this. Okay, mm -hmm. here, so here's who you are. You're pushing very hard and you've done this in a lot of different areas of your life. And, and you're taking stuff to the next level mm -hmm. everywhere you go. And now you're doing it as you're trying to get better mentally yeah. and you're you're taking hours a day how, who knows how much money all this kinds of time and yeah. everything like that and doing that and that's why you're like i don't know if we need to be getting this deep in this podcast or whatever but i think we do because it's allowing you to be who you are which is yeah. you take things to the next level yeah. you learn information and then you make it palatable and digestible for the rest of us and that's what you're doing in this podcast right now well i appreciate that and i think it's it's important because i know there's going to be someone that listening you know maybe one person maybe multiple people or maybe someone listening that that knows someone that needs to hear this you know and uh it's not hopeless it's never hopeless it's never hopeless and and you know like i said unfortunately i i wish i could take a pill and just be feeling great you know but in a way it's better that i can't because, you know, taking a pill does just mask the problem. Yeah. You've got to get to the root of the problem. But I'm just saying that whether you have depression or anxiety, um, you don't have to live with that, you know. I had a therapist that told me, she's like, she just said, uh, Brian, I, I think we can get you almost better. Like, like, you know, you'll still have some anxiety, but you're going to be almost normal. And yeah. I said, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. I want to be 100% better, not 98% better. Yeah. It's only acceptable if I'm 100% better. And so I found the people that believed I could get 100% better. And those were the people that I dealt with, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll give a shout out to one of my guys, the anxiety guy on YouTube, literally YouTube channel called the anxiety guy. His name is Dennis. Um, we'll put a link down below. Yeah, tremendous guy. If you are dealing with anxiety, depression, anything like that, you need to listen to his message because he's... Uh, He's the only therapist that I've ever been to. And, and I ended up doing weekly sessions with him. I was so impressed with his videos. First, I just watched a ton of his videos. And then I became so impressed. I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. And he said, yeah, I actually offer weekly sessions. He's in Vancouver, Canada. So it was Silver Skype. And uh, it was the first therapist that didn't say, well, we're going to keep working on this. He was like, this is what we're going to do. And you're going to get better. This is what we're going to do. You're going to do this every day, and you're going to do this every day, and you're going to do this. And in the next three weeks, you're going to feel 70% better. And three weeks later, I felt about 70% better. And then the next week, I was, I was going to feel this much better. And, this, and at the end of three months, you're going to be better. And I'm at about three months right now. You know, cool. so, so anyways, my point is, is that th these are important topics for me. And it's something that I believe that, you know, I, I mean, Jay and myself are going to work on a pretty heavy video that I want to drop. Cause one of the things that was interesting is that I literally, while I was in the depths of my hell was sending messages to myself. 
on my phone, like recording messages to myself of saying, Brian, this is where you're at. This is what's going to happen. Or when I'd have a good day, I'd say, Brian, today we're feeling good. Listen to this message when you're not feeling good. It's going to come back. And I have all these things in my phone, you know, and I want to put them into a really powerful video that, um, that snake cool. people will hate. You know, because they'll be like, Brian, I just want to see you feed some fucking snakes. Um, and, and it's weird because I did have a couple comments. I don't care about comments. You know that. I, it doesn't matter. But some people are like, I just think he's just doing it for attention. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah, like, I like, do you think I, I literally am breaking down crying every day and, and literally like wanting to die every minute of my, my day it's, it's, because it's I want attention? Consistent yeah. with our podcast. That's the way a lot of people view this podcast. Like I... Searchable's reptile. I came to listen to reptiles. What is this anxiety bullshit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate because I'm passionate about it, and I and when I start talking about it, it's hard for me to change the topic. You know, I mean, we can talk about reptiles. Well, too, no, no, not, but it's, no, that's no, not what uh, we do. But no, but that's I, that's I'm just saying it's like I get I get really passionate about it because I know it helps people and and um and and listen, man, fuck, people are suffering out there, and it bothers me that people suffer. You know, it really does, and and um. If I don't try to help, man, I'm an idiot. I mean, again, why did I go through all that pain if I'm not going to change and I can't help and I can't share? And I think like that's my, the most powerful perspective that yeah. you've shared is like, okay, this is going to be something very valuable to me yeah. because a lot of times the the hardest things in our lives yeah. ends up making us who we are. Yeah. So. Well, it does. I mean, and that's the thing. I think that as a perspective, and, and it's interesting because even when I was in the depths of it and everything else, I still was positive about like most things in life. Like I was still like, it's going to get better. I got to get there. You know, don't get me wrong. I had people like Jay that were literally encouraged me by the minute, you know, while I needed him. And, and thank God Lori was fantastic. You know, I can't imagine being a spouse of, of someone that's so mentally screwed up. I was for just a second, like Hillary went, and this is why I know that this is why I'm glad that you're sharing this stuff here. Cause it, just from that one video I did with, with her, she had a small bout with anxiety, you know, that didn't last very long, but it, it was real for her. Like yeah. she was feeling it and she was willing to still sit down and talk to me. And like, she broke down on the video and she was just, you could tell she was just hurting. And I, as a spouse, yeah, I didn't know what, to, I didn't know what to do. I, yeah, I felt you, helpless. You know, and, uh, it's, but uh, it's so many people rushed out, like just the fact that she shared what she was going through, how much it just kind of helped them know that it was okay. So the, the fact that you went through it so heavy and so deep and you're sharing, you're coming out of it now, your success, like, this is going to help so many people to hear. I already yeah, know. You can, Plus, you can follow your dreams regardless. You don't have to let it win. You don't have to stop following your dreams and, and wallowing your sorrows. You know, you got to you gotta do it. You know, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, we didn't take a fucking day off, man. I look back, I mean, I know Jay is listening on the other side of this, and he's thinking the same thing. I mean, we just, like, the shit we did when I was, like, unfunctionable was ridiculous. Like I look back and I'm just like, how did we get all that accomplished when I literally would wake up in the morning and couldn't figure out what the difference was between shampoo and conditioner? Like, I mean, literally I was in the shower and I was like, had to think like, okay, what do I do now? Do I do this shampoo or do I do the conditioner first? I can't remember. You know I mean? That's how mentally challenged I was. And yet we did so much and we did vlogs every day and we did all these crazy things. And and it was, uh, it was, it, but, but again, it's something I'll look back on and, and, uh, and, and I know it will be what will define the rest of my life with balance and with, uh, the yin and yang of life and, and, uh, and, and listen, you know, the energy side of things, you know, it changed me a lot, you know I mean? It changed my whole perspective on things and, and, um, I can see you know, it. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see it. Well, it's, it's wild. I've touched base with you briefly throughout this thing. Mm -hmm. I've been up here, I think, three times yep. since the COVID yep. thing. Yep. This is the third time. Yep. 
And so I watched the zoo grow. Yep. And you know what I mean? Yep. And you do the whole new site. Now you were in like Italy or something the first time I came when yeah, everything yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. first getting set yeah, up. Yeah. But I, it's been really fun for me living out here. Cause you know, I grew up in Southern yeah. California, so you and I didn't, you know, brush elbows too often, often unless it was bit, a reptile yeah, well, yeah, show, yeah, exactly, but, yep, but that's yep. it. But now that I'm like four and a half hours away, yeah, yeah. I just have run into you more yeah, often, yeah. you know? So it's been really cool to, to watch that journey, all the stuff. Yeah, and and, and don't worry, the pot, the reason behind this podcast is for reptile people to not talk about reptiles. Not talk about reptiles. If, li- yeah. if uh, well, listeners you know, haven't figured about, that out yeah, by now. Then. Yeah, I talk about reptiles all the time. So every now and then I need a break from it. But, uh, but you know, I never really get sick of it, to be honest with you. But it's, you know, the thing is, it's just the beginning. I think that um, now that this is the challenge in life is like continue to grow and continue to achieve but now do it for the right reasons, right? Don't do it to try to prove your dead dad wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't try it to do it for that inner demon. Try to do it do because, it you, yeah, do because it you do it for yourself and you do it because you want to do it and you want to do things, not because you need to prove something to anybody. Because it makes and, you uh, happy. Because it makes you happy. And it's funny, I, 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 another therapist of mine said this. They, actually, I take this back. It was I Also, on top of therapy, I went to an energy coach, which was, uh, I still go to see her, by the way, uh, very interesting, very interesting. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I always say, Lori asked me, like, does it help? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I like going, you know what I mean? And uh, although it, it, there's some weird things that, like, from an energy standpoint that, you know, um, have rekindled in my life that I, I felt as a kid, like some energy things that I felt as a kid that uh, I had forgotten about. And that have now rekindled, which is really weird. I mean, I don't want to get into too many details because people think I'm crazy. But um, well, some things I, that, like, as a child, I remember happening to me in, in my thought process and, and stuff. And, and and through going through these energy coaches over the last two and a half, three months, like, those feelings have come back. That I was like, I didn't even remember these feelings. Like, But I remember as a kid, this made me feel safe. This energy made me feel safe. And now I feel that same peace again that I've never felt in all my adult life. But, uh, but you know, you can still achieve things, um, but not have the, the kind of like, you know, again, th- that feeling like you're doing it because you're trying to prove to someone that you're better, you're smart, you're this or that. And it's, it's a tough thing because, you know, when you've spent your whole life in an area, and that's one thing that people have a hard time with. My mom says this to me, my mom's still alive, but she's, you know, she's not, you know, in great shape, but she's, she's 85 years old. Um, She'll say, because she deals with anxiety and depression, not surprising, you know, and, uh, and she'll say, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to change now. I've had my whole life. And, th- and that's a lot of people say that. And I think it's bullshit. You know, you can always change, always change. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. The longer you've done something, the harder it is to change. You, are, spent, you are the master of your own reality. Right. Though. Yeah. Always, always, always. And, and it's funny you say that because my energy coach says that she says, it's your choice. You choose to be successful or you choose to do something like that. You don't have to do anything. I say this to people all the time. Yeah. Somehow I was blessed to find this thing out at a young age, maybe even when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I like snapped me. I was like, I'm the master of my own. Anything I want to happen, anything that does happen to me, it's my control. Yes, you're 100% control. No, you don't. You know, sometimes I get in a point where I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do that. And it's like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. 
right. other than breathe and eat and live. You know, that's all I have to do. You know what I mean? I don't have to be open at the Reptarium. I don't have to do tours. I don't have to build more stuff. I don't have, you know, I don't have to podcast. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't so have that, to do anything. That's why I love these kind of conversations because you can look, like I'm looking in this room and I can see things where like, you know, me and Brian Cusco are really similar in these ways. And then me and Brian Barczyk are really similar in these ways. And I'm just kind of like, you know, looking at myself and, and figuring that out. One of the things that we've been talking about a lot, and I, I think, again, that, that key difference for me is like I thrive in uncertainty. And yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. For me, like every, everything I do is almost a reminder of how much I love it. Like yeah. I, I rode a motorcycle for 13 years. I didn't have a car because I like looking down at the road underneath my feet and being like, wow, if I fell, that would have hurt possibly <laughs> fatal. <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And it's like living on a, on a knife edge. Yeah. And that's what made me feel alive. But we talked about it. The thing that frames that for me or why I can like lose half my face and not miss a beat or like I had a really, um, a devastating like incubation failure mm. where I lost half a season. And wow. some of them were like very significant yeah. close to my heart projects. And, yeah. you know, and I, it was, it, it knocked me back a minute, but I, I took a breath. I took a walk. I came back and I was okay. And you know, like my employee Rob is hanging yeah. out out there. You can ask him about it. He, him and Jess were like, who is this guy? How can you do that? Like yeah. I was like, can you bury those for me so that I don't have to look at yeah, that? I don't want to look at. Oh. You know what I mean? I but, definitely know that about you. That's why I wasn't surprised when I saw that half your face wasn't working. You're like, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a thing. Yeah, uh, I'm dealing with it. Everyone's asking me. I was how, like, yeah. of course it's me not. How I'm doing it's about fifty fifty. <laughs> like, you know, I felt like it was bothering me more than it was <laughs> bothering you. I was yeah. like, but, but for me, that the one thing that that thriving on the lack of control yeah. is is because I have this perspective and this belief that Brian and I talk about all the time that. I think there's someone else that is in control and that's right. above my pay grade. Right. Yeah. And so I just like, that's above my pay grade. I don't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I, that's not my deal. I'm not supposed to be in control. I'm supposed to live. Yeah. I'm supposed to live. I'm not supposed to control. No, you're right. That's, you know, you know as a matter of fact, there's a, a great book called the power of now. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a very powerful book, uh, talking about just the fact that, you know, the only thing that matters is this moment and live right. in this moment, you know, and, and it's even to the point, and, and I've talked about this in the past where like the past was now and the future will be now. Right. Like what, tomorrow it will be now. It's just a bunch of little slices of yeah. now. So yeah. there's, there's actually clock time that tomorrow is tomorrow, but in reality in, in the universe time, tomorrow isn't tomorrow. Tomorrow will be now. Because you'll be happy, it'll be happening in the now, not in tomorrow. Right. When you get to tomorrow, you will be in the now. And the past was the now. And 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 so, and, and they talk about this in mental health a lot of times. Is that the book of the past has been re, has been written? Mm-hmm. You can't change that, you know. And the people that dwell on that are trying to rewrite what has already happened which you can't. So you have to just live with what's been written and now you move on to the future, you know, and, and really live but in the to, now. But to Cusco's point about kind of being the master of his own destiny, reality, you have not, to live with what's, yeah. what's that? Reality, not okay, destiny. Okay, reality. Yeah. Sorry. But you you live with what's been written, but now you sit down and you keep writing. Well, sure. No, you're you know supposed what I mean? to. And that's you're what it's all about. No, that's about living to. in yeah. now. I because yeah. it's not no, always well, easy. No, and a lot of times it takes tremendous discipline. Sure. Or even doing things that you don't enjoy to get to a place that you want to be. Well, listen. You know, when we when when I downsized BHB uh, seven years ago or whatever it's been, that was a pretty massive uh, change in life, right? I had I had lived on BHB money 
my whole life. And all of a sudden I was taking and throwing away three quarters of my income. But I, I wanted to go in a direction that I, I thought would be work. And, and this, is, this is what I've said, is that seven years ago, I am now where I wanted to be seven years ago. When I started this seven-year journey, great is that? It's, it's like, this is where I wanted to be. Now, I'm not done yet, but this is where, this is the vision. Did I think I was going to get there seven years ago? I didn't know. But I, you know. You sure as hell put the work in. Yeah, well, well you put the in the work definition of matter. success, yeah. right? Yeah, work I is mean, important. But I think Casey Neistat once said that you have to let go of one vine to grab the next, right? And that's what happened when I downsized BHB is that I knew I had to let go of that vine to grab the next vine. And uh, it was very scary because, you know, you, when you spend 27 years making income on reptile breeding, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm getting rid of three quarters of my collection because one day I'm going to open up a reptile zoo that everybody told me wouldn't work. Every single person told me there's no way it would work. I even had an investor that wanted to invest money. Thankfully, I didn't go through. I'm not, as a matter of fact, I have no partners on anything. Um, well, Lori, but besides Lori, <laughs> I don't have any partners. Um, but I had a guy that was like, I really believe in you know what you're doing, and I want to invest. And I threw out like five ideas to him. And, but, but the one idea I really wanted was a reptile zoo. And he said, I'll back every idea but the reptile zoo. He goes, because that's a, that's a passion project that will never make you a dollar. And, uh, and as it turned out, I didn't do any of the other four that he wanted to do. And I only did the reptile one. And it worked out great. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, so. it's, it's been financially great. And it's never been about the finances for me. And I've talked about this in the past, too. I still have yet to take a paycheck out of the Reptarium. And I've yet to take a paycheck out of BHB in the last five years, you know. Yeah, so, I don't uh, think people realize how many other, like, little side businesses yeah, you we have. Yeah, that are yeah, yeah, we have seven business, yeah, we have seven income streams total that I, I, I work on. Uh, the biggest one being social, obviously. Social is my Social pays my bills, you know, that's what pays my bills. But, uh, um, but yeah, we, so we don't take money from our other companies, you know, because we just don't need to. So, so if we make money at, at, at the Reptarium, we just put it into a coffer to, for the next expansion. You know, when we make money at BHB, which for a long time we weren't making money, that's just now we can just invest in new, new animals. And we're not investing in investment projects ever. We don't do that anymore. But we can invest in animals that we really like, like I'm getting some pied and super pied museranas uh, here in the next week or so, Muserunner. I, I love those things. I've loved them forever. They're actually kind of like a house snake. Yeah, they're like, like a big snake. house snake. It's like a big yeah. house snake. Yeah, that eat likes to eat other snakes. You know, but uh, or, or maybe uh, like a miniature blackhead python. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very cool animals. Loved them forever. Got the opportunity to get them. I, now I can afford to do that. You know, what I mean, because BHB will pay for that. You know, and and um, so so it's not about paying our bills. And and I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that. Like. Like what you don't take you or Lori don't take a paycheck from BHB or the Reptarium? Like no, not a not a penny, not not one red cent. You know, doesn't even pay our insurance. Like we pay our own insurance with other <laughs> with with my my social thing. So BHB has or and the Reptarium have nothing to do with our finances whatsoever, which is something that a lot it's of people trippy. are surprised. Yeah, it's about. not something people would probably assume at all. No, well, no, what's yeah. cool though is like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know how you guys are structured, but. But those businesses are definitely supporting all these amazing people that you have here. Well, that's a big thing. And I talked about BHB because for a while, you know, uh, three years ago, I subsidized BHB $50,000 to, to stay, stay open. We lost fifty grand that year. Um, and the reason why I didn't shut BHB down was 100% because of my employees. Like, I would not lay them off. when the on. So we opened up uh, the Reptarium 
expansion on Friday the 13th, which is probably not the best day to do it. <laughs> I always tell people that uh, I'm probably responsible for COVID, you know, because I opened on Friday the 13th. We're open Friday the 13th, 14th, 15th, closed on Monday the 16th. Mm, the world I, I do down. have video. I showed you I have video proof that, that Miguel brought the corona. Yeah, Miguel brought the corona that weekend, as a matter of fact. He did do it. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, But my point is, is that, um, um, you know, I told my employees on Monday, that Monday, I, I got my whole group together. We didn't know what was going to happen in the future, right? I mean, this is fresh. Like, the world is shutting down. And I pulled all my employees together. And I said, not one of you will lose an hour of work. Not one of you will be laid off. No matter what I have to do, you will all have a job and you will all be able to work as many hours as you want. And that's why I kept BHB going is because I love everyone that works for me. They And they really, they believe in me. I think that, you know, I, we talk with Jay all the time about attitude. You know, I will hire someone with the right attitude over someone with aptitude any day in the week. You know, you can have the smartest, most uh, uh, intensely uh, knowledgeable reptile person that has a shitty attitude, and I don't want them in my life, period, yeah. period. Well, I'll take the guy that is, like, passionate. Jay, the other Jay, young Jay, is a perfect example of that. He's now my animal educator, and he does all the tours, birthday parties that I don't do. And uh, But you know how he, he became here, a thing? He, he started coming to the Reptarium every night, paying to come in. Just paying to come in and hung out from start to finish every day. He's like, I'm going to just stay here until you hire me. Dude. And he's like, he's like, I'm good job, Jay, dude. I didn't, I didn't know that part of the story. <laughs> that isn't, that isn't no, no, I know. Jay. The other yeah, Jay. The other, yeah. yeah. I got Jay. you. Animal yep. educator Jay. Yep. I know yep. who you're talking about. Yep. Yep. He literally, he came here every day and he's an hour away from here. So he drove an hour to here every day, paid $10 to get in and stayed from the time we opened till the time. And he would help out. He'd be like, "Hey, do you want me to go get that for them? Yeah. Do you want me to go get that for them?" And he was just like, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep Dude, doing that's this." So thing. old school. Yeah. Like, how yeah, is that was, not? That's okay. like the way kids used to get jobs. This is, yeah. That's the way I've gotten almost every job, but most notably from from prehistoric pets. Yeah, yeah. I broke my back with a horse, and I was on disability for like a year mm. while I learned how to walk and do all that kind of stuff. I went down there almost every day. It was like three hours away, and I would. To you know, help the customers with yeah. snakes and everything like that People, until they gave like, me right, a job. I guess, I guess you're part of the, the yeah. part of the team <laughs> yeah. now. So kudos. But, I didn't uh, think anyone still did it that way because yeah. I'm. I always yeah. joked around. I was like, I don't remember ever filling out any applications. Yeah, I would just bully my way into wherever I wanted yeah. to work. You know? But I think that's you know, attitude is everything, that's and funny. and and not only attitude, like, but also believing in the dream. So for me here, this is about, you know. This is about a dream. This is about a vision. Uh, and, and like everybody has to believe that vision or it doesn't work, right? You know what I mean? Like like if they don't believe in what we're doing, there's no way it works. So I want every person that's on my team to, to you know, not blindly follow. I don't want them to blindly follow me. I want them to challenge me if I'm doing something wrong. Lori's a perfect example. She will challenge me on everything I do. Almost literally. Almost everything I do. <laughs> but uh, but but at the same time, although we characterize Lori, sometimes it's this like, you know, like she's always never wants to help. The truth is, is that as soon as Lori realizes, i.e. sloth, you know, it took me seven months to convince Lori to get a sloth. And the reason was that wasn't that Lori was like a no, no, you know, like a no sayer, like, no, you're not getting a sloth. It was, she didn't think we could do it successfully. So I had to prove to her, not through convincing her, but showing her that it could work. And as soon as she realized, okay, it can work. She was 100% behind it. 1000% 
behind everything I do. And that's what she does. I think it's fair to say, yeah, that that without her, she would be not be nearly you wouldn't have the success oh, you have no, without no. Lori. Well, I always say this is this is how our relationship works. Certainly she my she is my yin to my yang, no doubt about it. Um, but also um I always tell people that I I am a visionary, period, right? Uh so I see the alphabet in A and Z, but I don't know the rest of the alphabet, right? Lori knows B, C, D, E, F, G, F. You know, she knows that. So I go A, I want to do this, and I want to be at Z. You figure out the rest of the alphabet for me, right? <laughs> and uh, and that's a tough position to Hell be yeah, in. Dude. It's a tough position Jessica, to be in. Jessica, my office manager, I hope you're listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's really true. And I think that you surround yourself with people. I, I know Steve Jobs said that, right? He said, he goes, I didn't know how to make that blue button do what I wanted to do, but I knew that blue button needed to do what I wanted to do. So I hired people to make that blue button work. Right. Right. And, and that's the other thing is that I can honestly say that, um, with the exception of Jay, no, I'm just joking. Jay's <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I think every, every person around me is, is more talented than I am at what they do. Jay, my camera ga- guy, is obviously a better camera guy, but he's also a better editor than I am. That is obvious. Uh, you know, <laughs> Lori, yeah, no, seriously. It is. It is. No, he you know, it's, it's he true. is. It's yeah. true. And, and Lori is, is better at doing things and achieving things than I am. And, and I can go down the list of everyone in my crew, and I want to always have people that can do what I would do better than me. Not just, I don't want to be the best guy. I don't want to be the smartest guy. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room, really. Right. I want to surround myself with amazing people. Just the guy with the vision to put it all yeah, together. Yeah, if I can have the vision and, and, and also have just the, the... glue. Yeah, and, and also have the, um, the, the charisma for people to follow your vision, right? And believe in your vision, you know, because you show them that you're willing to sacrifice to get there, right? You know, that's the other thing. I think that to a person in my crew, the one thing that no one will ever say is that I'm not tenacious, right? I will, I will beat it into the ground. You know, I will beat it into the ground. And, and, and I think when you show that leadership, you know, and they see me here every day when I'm anxious and I can barely, but they see, see me here every day at eight o'clock in the morning, and they go, holy shit, man, this guy can barely function, but he's here every day at 8 o'clock in the morning, seven days a week. You know, if they're not inspired, then I don't want them around me. You know, I don't want them in my thing. And we've, we've, we've had to let people go in the past that weren't inspired by that because they didn't believe in it. So attitude is everything. And if you surround yourself, I think, I think the other thing is, I, I, as a matter of fact, I had a guy out recently that we may bring on to the crew uh, in, a, in a, a brand new position that is... Uh, a position that we don't even know what it is, to be quite honest with you. He's a smart business guy, um, and, and we may bring him on. He spent uh, five days with us just seeing what we do. You know what I mean? And um, and, and, and he, he categorized, again, been a smart business person, right? Not into reptiles at all. He's into reptiles, but he has never been in the business of reptiles. Yeah. And he wanted to come and spend a week with us and, and talk about maybe coming on to help us in our vision moving forward. And what he said is he said, he goes, what I took out of this five days the most is Brian, you delegate everything. And Lori, you delegate nothing. <laughs> you know? And and he said, Lori, you do everything yourself. And Brian, you delegate everything to somebody else. And I said, that's absolutely true. And I think that the most successful business people are really good delegators. And they believe in the people they put around them and they give them autonomy. You know, again, I can't remember the last time I told Jay that his edit was wrong. 
and to change it, you know? I mean, there might have been, like, a little tweak, like, hey, can you do this? But, like, 90.9% of the time, he gives me a video, I upload it. There's There's been days I want to... Jay's listening, so don't... don't close your ears, Jay. Uh, <laughs> there's been days where I haven't even watched it, and I've just uploaded it because I've been busy. I'm just like, I just... I well, take I, some creative liberties, Jay. Yeah. I just... I know it's going to be good. I have complete faith in him, and I don't need to, to, you know... I watch it not because I'm criticizing him, but I actually enjoy watching what we've is created. It, is that you know? yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, I enjoy the creativity. But uh, but I feel that way about everyone in my crew. If, if I can't trust you, I don't want you. If if, sure. if if I can't delegate to you what you're supposed to do and you can't do your job, then why are you part of this crew? Yeah. And, and I think that's what a lot of business owners don't understand, you know, that they, they think that the best best thing to do. And, and I remember Bill Brandt from the Gourmet Rodent yeah. um, came to visit me. This is And this was really probably my tipping point when I changed my philosophy, this is like 12, 13 years ago, he came and he spent a couple days with us. And I remember him telling me this. He said, he said, my one criticism I have of your business, Brian, is that you do too much minimum wage work. He said, you're too valuable to do that. He said, you need to hire people to do that work. And that was a, a really, really hard lesson though for, it is hard. for people like, you know, in the growing stages of a yep. business. Yep is is being is valuing your time mm-hmm. more greatly you, you know like i don't know I, you've been I, i've been I'm watching sorry, you I learn this so I'm, i have seven employees now yep. and most of them were hired during covid mm-hmm. but my first employee was only a little bit more than a year ago that i yeah. hired and i remember getting really frustrated with aiden um as he was learning things and and kind of you know learning the ropes and all that sort of stuff um, where I'm thinking, gosh, why does it take him like two di- two times, three times as long as me to right. do something? But yeah. he's doing a great job. He's just sure. taking longer. And then I thought, you know what? I I would I value my time yeah. two or three times more than what he's yeah. really happy to come work for me yeah. for. Yeah. So is it really so bad? Right. Like, you know, right. what I mean, let him go ahead and do it. You know, like he'll get better and all those kinds of things and. That that was a lesson for me to delegate. Yeah. You know, it was like as 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 far as like employees pay and yeah. things like that. Well, you got to think works. about that. If you're if you're gonna pay someone ten bucks, twelve bucks, fifteen bucks an hour, but then you could go free your time up to do something that could be a hundred dollars an hour or two hundred dollars exactly. an hour. Exactly. Why would you not do that? Yeah. But and yet, that's the you way know, you need to contract. And that's what you need to contract. It. You know, and Lori has a problem with that. Lori is the person that's you know. Listen, there's two people in my crew that are fucking ridiculous they're unhuman and that's jessica and that's laurie when it comes to work physical work yeah you if you tried to outwork the, them good job, two, ladies goodbye the ladies goodbye yeah. Dude, when, <laughs> when jessica came up to the front the other day and and yeah. everybody's hanging hang, we were saying hi you know and yeah. then and everybody's ready to say, no she was like like no. she was there yeah. for 10 seconds she's like i gotta go see if you know yeah. she went straight like i gotta go yeah. check on that no, jess no. is legit yeah no she is like legitimately like a rock star and, and her and laurie are the same person Number one, they're not going to make you feel good about yourself. They're not going to say nice things to you. They're going to freaking just do their work. They're going to put their head down and they're going to get the work done. Period. You know, and you and, and they are they are the, the same person. I love them both. They're amazing. And I, I often said, and I've joked around about this in the past, and I I still will say the same thing. Like Jessica leaves, I shut BHB down. You know, that's seriously. I mean, that's how important Jessica is to BHB. I mean, she is. Lori and, 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 and Jessica are the, the backbone of that company. 
you know? Now, we have other people, like, in the office, you know, that are rock stars. I mean, fucking rock stars, you know? But they don't take care of animals. I'm talking the animal side of yeah, BHB. The labor. Uh, yeah, the labor side. And, 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 uh, and Lori, I mean, you try to clean cages at pace with Lori or Jessica, you're going to feel real bad about yourself. <laughs> you're going to feel real inadequate really quickly because they're going to do four rows and you're going to be on half a row. And you're gonna be like, <laughs> how did that? It's, it's literally, I think it's physically impossible to do what they do. To your point about they don't they don't try to make you they're not gonna try to make you feel good about yourself like yeah. Lori I this watch trip this, now. this trip like Lori <laughs> Lori like there was a, there was a couple moments where I was like I think Lori thinks I'm okay and it was a <laughs> huge it felt like a huge success to me honestly I, I was like dude I think Lori actually thinks I'm okay daughter, I was like this is the best part of the trip that way. the the the, uh, the, the anaconda thing was awesome <laughs> but the fact that I think that I think yeah. that Lori actually thinks I'm yeah. okay is like. Dude, yeah. that made the trip. It's right hard. There. It's hard. You know, Lori is <laughs> definitely Lori is just a very you know she's like I, I think she has this thing where where like I don't have time to make anyone feel good about themselves. You just you know, and she is who she is. That's why I thought like such the a big thing win. I, the thing I love about her is that outside of you know, like the opposite of me again, the yin to the yang is the fact that like I'm always looking for acceptance, right? Because I don't feel good about myself. I'm trying to change that. But I'm trying to look for acceptance. Lori could give a fuck what you think about her. <laughs> I mean, she could give a... If you went up to her and said, you are ugly, you are uh, this, that, she'd go, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just literally doesn't care what you think about her. She has no interest in that. The only people she cares about is her family and her friends, period. You know what I mean? And then then as you get into her inner circle, then you're her friend. And then you're she's going to care about you like she does. She is literally a wonderful, wonderful person. And people don't give her credit for that. Um, you know, she's proud. I always say this. It is true. I think she's the best person I've ever met. As far as, a, as, as as human qualities, you know what I mean? Like she's loyal to a fault. She's, she will die for her, her family. She is, um, you know, so, so my point is, is that, that it, it's, uh, I, I, and I saw her, you guys hug a couple of times and I was happy too. Cause I was like, she does not, I'll tell you Miguel's story real quick. Miguel, <laughs> Miguel came up once and he was like, uh, he went to go give Lori a hug. She goes, no, that's okay. She walked away. <laughs> Literally, he went there. He had to say, he goes, hey, Lori. She goes, no, that's all right. She just walked away. <laughs> dead, dead Do you serious, feel better man. about yourself now? Dead serious, man. She just oh, like, she just so, like. So Brian's yeah. daughter, I don't know how much time you've got to spend with her, but how old is she? No, no, he, Brian's no I've never met. met. Yeah. Oh, oh, you got to meet her. She's yeah. baby Lori. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, awesome. How old is she now? She's two. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she's, she's two years old. The last time I went there, I was sending them pictures of like her facial expression next to like the grumpy cat meme yeah, like yeah. look it's the same person <laughs> hey, as a father i'm telling you i love that disposition man <laughs> yeah good good yeah. but if you i finally got on her good side the last time i was out and she's cuddling with me and we're playing and all that kind of stuff and it you know honestly i really i can see what you're talking about like you're the best kind of person yeah you don't have to give it away you already yeah. know you know yeah it's great i mean i think weirdly enough i mean brian and laurie are different as far as your energies and stuff like that but you're similar in the sense that you're so comfortable with yourself like you couldn't understand what anxiety is because anxiety doesn't live within confidence right you know when you're when you're confident you can't be anxious and um and, and Lori is that way like she doesn't understand what what I go through although she's very sympathetic, sympathetic and, sure. and empathetic to it she doesn't understand because there's that doesn't live within her 
you know, and that's, um, it's a, it's a great quality and it's a quality that I hope I can achieve one day where that doesn't live with me as a, either. And I will get there. It's not a matter of, I hope I, it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. Will. It, it, it's, it's a hundred percent going to happen. And, um, but, uh, but I think you all need, I mean, you know, you know, we all need the yin to our yangs and we all need the lorries and we all need the Jessicas and we need the Jays and we need the other Jays and we need, you know, all the other people in my crew, you know, that are, are so vital because, I can't do all this myself. I can't do any of this myself. You know, I can't. You know, all of this is because of the people around me. You know, and 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 that's uh that's and and the tough thing with that too is to find people that understand that but don't take advantage of that. Mm, right? Sure. That's the hard part. Sure. As soon as, you know, I think I read this once uh, uh from a guy named uh, D- uh Donnie Deutsch. He, uh, he runs a company called uh, Deutsch Industries, which is a like $300 million a year New York, you know, publicity company and um, ad firm. And he said, as soon as an employee thinks they're indispensable, fire them because they're worthless to you. That's what he said. He said, as soon as they think you can't get rid of them, you need to get rid of them because they will always come back and bite you in the ass. You know? That makes sense. You know, and, and I, so I think that, the, you know, my crew, like, you know, listen, I can't imagine life without Jay um, forever. I mean, like, whether I stop vlogging or not, we're going to be doing stuff together. I mean, we're going to create businesses that keep him employed for the rest of his life and hopefully making money for the rest of his life and good money. And the same thing goes for Jessica if she wants to be a part of this, which I hope she sure will. And same thing goes for the other people that are in part of my life, too. I will always do it. But at the same time, not one of them are like, oh, you can't fucking get rid of me or else you're fucked. You know what I mean? Because as soon as that, and I'll be honest with you, that's what happened with Chewy. And I love Chewy. Chewy's one of my best friends. You know, I love the guy to death. But he worked for me and he finally got to a point where he was like, you can't fire me because you can't afford to get rid of me so I can do whatever I want. And what happened? I fired him. <laughs> you know, that's what happened. I fired that sounds him. like uh, Steelers. Steelers drama right Dude, there. So, <laughs> so, so check this out. Check this out. We've been getting pretty deep for a good portion of this podcast. Like that, we've been, I'd say, fairly deep for the yeah. bulk of this this podcast. Yeah. We, hey, uh, Jay, can you start recording? We're gonna start podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to record this? I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a segment that we usually do at the beginning, but I think we're doing this whole podcast in reverse. I'm pretty sure okay, that's, that's what good. we're doing. That's it's pretty a, much a it, segment yeah. that was only only segment we do. It's, it's called getting. And I'm hoping Gary Garrett has something ready. He better because I don't ever have it ready. He always it's, has ready. Get really good. called getting deep. No, sorry. Getting, getting deep. deep in the shallow end. Dive, so it was dive deep diving in deep in the shallow end. end. Yeah. yeah. So it's something Head, that neck injuries happen that it's way. Gotta be some kind of. Sh- yeah. <laughs> That's the way we roll. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, something sh- something very not deep, but yeah, okay, like great. I guess you shallow. Tr- yeah. Okay, let's shallow. Do it. Let's go. Right, let's go. So you ready to bring it? This is. I'm bringing it, man. I thought a long t- long time about this. Yes, yes, no, and yes. That's the answers. Okay, let's do their drink sponsors. Shut her <laughs> <Yeah>. down. Oh. <laughs> <No>. Wait, wait. <laughs> no, go for it. No, so so why do why do we have to refrigerate things? What what was the original refrigerator like? Why do you refrigerate? Can't can't things just be fridged? Well, instead of refrigerating, yeah, why, what are you refrigerating? What are you doing again? That's a good question. Uh, fridge. I just recently <laughs> learned the root word for fridge too. Um, this is I. I literally learned the root word for fridge, and I'd lost I lost it. Well, I know that the original ice boxes were pretty interesting because they were literally ice boxes, right? So there was a box with a a uh, piece a, of ice a, in it. 
Yeah, well, not just in, in it. The actual back was a false back, and you would fill it with ice, and that that's how you would actually uh, refrigerate things. But why they would refrigerate, I don't know. What do we got here? We've got the word refrigerate originates from the Latin verb <laughs> refrigerate, which was <laughs> derived from the Latin uh, adjective frigus, meaning cold. That makes sense. So okay, so fr- yeah, fridges and refrigerate. Yeah, that's so there you go. So something that was something that's cold and so you're refrigerating, it's just kind of keeping it cold. Yeah, that's why it's cold, refrigerate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why does refrigerator run in a So what like you know, how did we survive for so long without them and then like all of a sudden we need to refrigerate things? I never survived without them. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I am not I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they used to put like meat on salt? Back in the day, to yeah. keep it, meat. To keep yeah. it yeah. fresh, yeah, cure, yeah, cure. Yep. salted yeah. meat. Or so, not so when I lived ferment. in Indonesia, uh, most people don't still don't have refrigeration. Sure. Right. So what they do is they have these little like street food markets mm-hmm. that that are on the way for for all of like the the Kalimantan, but like the the nannies or the maids. The, the story I was telling last night yeah. with the Mumbantuan. So on the way to work, as they funnel into the the houses where they work, there's all the the meats and veggies and all that stuff. And what they do is they, they cook a big lunch and and then they keep it for dinner and then possibly breakfast the next day and then that's it. Okay. So you just cook, you, you just slaughter it on the way in. Yeah. Cook it up. Yeah. You know, like the. Yeah, that's how I think most, I mean, a big part of the world probably lives that way. It's great. It's fresh. Yeah. It's awesome. But that yeah. that's the big difference between, like we had some awesome Thai food and I was, yeah. I was saying like, wow, this is really good fat Thai food. Thai food is pretty similar to a lot of Indonesian sure. food. You can't match what you actually get when you're out there yeah, because it's like everything is like yeah, volcanic fresh, yeah. soil grown, yeah, fresh yeah, picked fresh, yeah. or whatever. Well, it's even day. like Italy, you know, it's like, you know, they live on yeah. pizza and pasta, but yet you don't find a, hardly any overweight Italians, right. you know, cause it's all, it's all really f- fresh, 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 yeah. fresh, fresh. I lost like seven pounds when I was in Italy really, and I ate pasta every day. Seems counterintuitive. Literally right? three days, <laughs> three times a day. I Thank ate pasta. You, veganism. Yeah. I, I pasta, pasta, I pasta. I could definitely do the non-refrigeration thing because well, with one exception, which I was measure, but because but, uh, I can't we eat, all know uh, that exception. I can't, Come on. I can't I, eat you know something cold. Like yeah, if I have pizza exactly. ice cream. Exactly. Yes. Even yeah. Brian knows. This is yeah. how bad Everybody it is. Everybody knows. All right. It's That's no right. secret. Did I know. you know that Mark Zuckerberg spent a whole year where he only ate things he grew or killed himself? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'll give him that. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. that's one one positive. He doesn't have a lot of positives, but that was one positive. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's okay. What do we got? That takes what, what's next in the shallow end? Um, or is that no? It? That's it. No, that's that's shallow end. And then yeah. one. Wow. Yeah. Literally, we're literally around. doing this in reverse. So what we usually do at the very beginning is we we talk about our drink sponsor. So this what is drinks? this is the end now, I guess. Okay. We got a drink, which is this perfect because so you don't drink. Well, here's the funny thing: is like I think that we we actually have more drink sponsors today, probably because people were aware that we're coming here. They're like, "Oh, I want a drink sponsor that you guys are going to Brian's. Yeah, yeah. I want we're a drink sponsor that one. Cast yeah. with you like they once look, a month, so that they we get... look sexy as hell. I mean, every yeah. one of them looks like I would love to drink them. I would not like yeah. to drink them, but they look like I would love to drink <laughs> them. That, but that's the funny thing. I was like, yeah, everybody wants to, but we're probably not going to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that's a hard one, man. But uh, they look great. Tell me this: this is like moonshine or no so that one is moonshine that's from phil wetterman uh um, oh, okay yeah thanks and phil. His, yeah and his uh buddy actually made that's like a cinnamon Whoa, peach wow yeah. nice and this then, one i have to try because that i one just looks really good if, huckleberry no. huh? okay now this one actually has a history so jason bigler i don't think i'm gonna like this mixology oh yeah was our, mixology. I know, he yeah. was our first drink sponsor oh, okay and, and it, it was sucked the it was worst terrible? we've been talking about it how bad it was for the last two so years he's trying to redeem himself he's trying to redeem himself and he did it by 
choosing something oh, that is God. probably Cusco's least favorite category of alcohol, which would be a flavored whiskey. Oh, so, so you don't like what he did was whiskey. so he's from Montana, okay. and he got us some Huckleberry flavored whiskey. It sounds wonderful to me. Ugh, you would sounds say wonderful. That. Gross. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> there's no whiskey that actually tastes well or good. But I tried to drink whiskey. I, you know, after we hung out a little bit, I was like, I'm going to try to be. You know, I, there's something Jason, really it's like better than the last one. There's something really good. Like I don't know, like sophisticated. I this is the thing. I know this is going to sound weird. To me, you know what whiskey is? The sophisticated. That it was not a right word, but you get what I'm saying. Square glass, round ball, vice, little whiskey. Oh man, that just that just to me just seems like you're what? sophisticated. So you take so that this, you take that ice ball out, and then you you've got it. Okay, you don't do ice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, so I, I like the ice. I just I, I like just I just think it looks cool. Stones. I just want to I just want the square glass with a round ball of ice. And so some you whiskey. and me are on one. So, so this guy actually drinks. You yeah. and me are more like I want to drink just to like how much I just drank of this is this like, this perfect. is how much I actually drink. I wasn't okay with like a deli cup or something. I needed to have real glasses. Yeah, real and we glasses. Yeah, the, so we didn't have any real glasses. When, these glasses actually, I stole these from the Red Ox Tavern. Oh, that's nice. Okay, but I'll I call the police. No, but I hey, hey, hold on. But I felt bad. Like when we were sitting <laughs> at the table, I felt like if I did this, like that was the plan. We went there. The mm. hotel didn't have any glasses oh, I could borrow. It was so, plastic so it's stuff. Predisposed. Predisposed. I went in pre- when I was yeah. thinking, well, I'm coming here and I'm going to steal some glasses so that we have some. That's like glasses. F- that's first degree theft. Yeah. So, but so when we came, but then we're sitting down and Bradley and I are sitting there. And we're finishing our meal and stuff. And like, we literally, all we had there, we had, we had a couple sliders and the glasses were sitting there. I was like, dude, if I take these glasses, I feel like it's just dead obvious. It's like the only thing on the table. Like yeah. if they come back and they're like, oh, the glasses are gone. Cause they're literally yeah. the only thing still sitting there. Cause that's why you don't steal. Cause well, you might be caught. No, right, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. felt bad. About, <laughs> yeah. I did, well, I know that places like that, like the glasses, they drop them all the time. They're like dispensable. But so I, so I did the right thing. I asked our, I told our waitress, I was like, you know what, how much, like, can I buy these glasses? Like how much can I pay for these glasses? And she said, just take them. Ah, there you go. I she said, had a man thanks. on the inside. Yeah, she, yeah, was, yeah. So she's she's the worst kind of employee. <laughs> yeah. How much, Jessica? How much is this leopard cap? Just take it. It's <laughs> perfect. Perfect. In the meantime, the guy, the guy, the Red Ox Tavern is going broke. Where's all my fucking glasses? Well, I think the thing is that the I'm, I'm okay spending so much money on glasses you, each week, I can't you make would a profit. Appreciate this. So, for as much as I enjoy the sophistication and finer things in life, yeah. or at least the appearance thereof, appearance thereof. Yeah. When when I went to his house for our first podcast that we recorded at his place. He has this nice whiskey glass for himself, of course. He had nothing yes. for me. Mm. So I went over to one of the Plastic tubs. Cups. No, I, I dumped the snake's deli oh, water out. Oh, nice. That's Perfect. That's and good. that like was it. on that brand. Was, that was on brand, yeah. <laughs> so what do we think about the huckleberry? The huckleberry is... Actually, it's pretty good. It, I mean, it tastes like boysenberry syrup or it, something. It kind, really? well, yeah, but not in a bad way. Not in like a corn syrup way. It kind of tastes like... Um, do you remember the stuff Kim got that was like that peanut butter whiskey? That oh, was good. that's dangerous, man. Yeah, I actually stuff? tasted that. I think you could die with that. You, you might want to keep <laughs> no, this one then. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. You might that want to try to reminds me. Oh, I mean, Jay, like the tiniest like... Jay is no, jumping, doing jumping Maybe jacks in the other room saying, pick me, pick me. Yeah, he wants... Jay's like... Jay, come have a drink. Jay, come on and have a drink. Put it on wide. Yeah, put it on wide come in here bro yeah come in here and have a drink with us Trey. oh man so i i just the flavored whiskey i drink whiskey for the flavor of the whiskey that the yeah. barrel gives the, the yeah. whiskey so yeah. when you cover it up with something like that Oof. I, I just don't it's not i can't 
I can take a sip of it. Enjoy the fact that somebody that's puts really an effort into it. That's really not bad, though, Jason. Yeah, no, I think it's not you did bad. A really I'm good not going to say that it. Like, I'm sure many people. So would really he redeemed enjoy himself. That. The he first thing himself. he brought. I'm going to call it and say he did. The, the first All thing right. he brought, I, I couldn't see anybody enjoying anywhere ever. No. no, no, he didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So we drank this much of it, and oh gosh, it was awful. I mean, it was really? literally the worst alcohol I've ever drank. I'll say that he definitely definitely redeemed himself with. Somebody he out came there. out later, and I was like, "Dude, try this seriously. This is what you put us through wow. while we're podcasting. What are you thinking?" Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Jay, what's oh, up? It Jay? didn't work. Jay, I just uh, want you to Jay. know that you are indispensable. Did you uh, plug in? <laughs> I plugged plug the headphones in, but oh, you didn't plug thing. the mic in. There's oh, there's no, no cord. Yeah. Technical yeah, difficulties, so. guys. Yeah. So have a have a drink. What's this one? You're drink- you just suck on this glass. There you go. You can take that one. Off. Suck on that. You can come like talking it. to my mic if you want to. Fortunately, fortunately, we're recording video for two, so when I say things like that, people can get the context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Oh, he's just going straight oh, for just, it. Like, that's what I said. Yeah. It's it. actually not bad. No, he that's what I'm saying. For a flavored whiskey, like... that's I. I actually kind of like <laughs> that huckleberry thing. Yeah. Wow. It was good. No, it's good. Yep. That's what we all like drink it. on the job. Okay. <laughs> We're going to leave that one here. So, okay, what's, this, so what's this one? This, now is, this is a small batch. Costco's Rebel. getting into. Uh, well, I bought that just in case I really hated oh. that. Oh, okay. I, this looks really good. The you 1792, know. is this good or no? I, I have a bottle of that at home. Yeah, it's pretty decent. <laughs> it looks beautiful. The the couple that came to the house last night? Yes. Um, they, they brought that. So. Oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah. I love JK, the bottle. JK Reptiles, I believe. Well, not to be confused with JK Reptiles. Not to, yeah, not the, yeah, the other JK reptiles. The other JK reptiles. Now that this that, is uh, that one is actually one wood. that I bought for my employee Rob that you met who's yes, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For his birthday, and okay. he's been saving it for well, a we special dr- occasion. <laughs> we should drink his birthday gift. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so he brought it so that oh. we could drink it while we were staying here for Ooh, this weekend. Look at that bottle. So man. that is a that's single malt that's scotch. A, that's an age twelve years. Yeah, it's matured in two distinct casts. Albany. <laughs> I act like I know what I'm talking no, about. No, no. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Now, again, again, <laughs> another similarity between me and Barcheck on this podcast. I don't know. Yeah, so David, uh, have that. I think it. that isn't this the one that David Stewart made? Oh yeah, that is David Stewart right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys missed it, but last night. Um, oh man, if I play a, a video off my phone into the mic, do you think that the audio It'll will pick up. up? Okay. Oh yeah. So this is. Like I love my employees. Oh, sorry. I completely uh, JK Reptile Lab. That was their. Lab. That's their company. Yeah, so oh, I knew. God. I knew it wasn't just JK Reptile. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. right, so last night when we were following you from mm-hmm. the Thai place to your house, mm. um, Rob was a little bit excited. Uh, he's been known to okay, to fanboy. Here, listen to this. Rob just found out that we're actually going to Brian Bartek's house. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a massive disappointment by on all levels. No, 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 no. He said, do you remember we were all hanging out and you and Lori went in the kitchen and you guys got to talk for a little bit. Highlight of his life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He was man. like, no, nah, so he just, he, he's a big <laughs> no, fan so of me. Well, <laughs> now you're going to go out there and be like, oh, Rob, so where's Rob? Going? We didn't sneak get, out this way. <laughs> we didn't get the little in-between when he first met Cusco. We just thrust Cusco upon him. Thrust? Yeah. And so thrust. he did. generally how I meet most people. He acted like that. And uh, w- with Cusco, he's like, oh, my God, I just want to go 
<laughs> you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Try a little bit. It's, a, it's <laughs> This guy is drinking whiskey out the bottle. That's Boom. Good. It tastes good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. <laughs> there, you, there you go, Jason. It doesn't have the whiskey like bite to it. As um, long as one of the no, Brian's very, likes it, I think you got to win. Yeah, I like it, man. It's good. If this I was one, a drinker, this one's I would got drink the it. bite. Yeah, That's, this one's more whiskey. Actually. No, yeah, it's, what do they call it's it? Spicy? Is that what they call it? spicy? I don't know what they call it when when it like it's a got spicy. a bite. This one? No, this no, one like, here. Oh, that's yeah. got some bite. Is they uh, call it spicy yeah. or no? Like, they call it. They call it stop being a pussy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that's I, exactly it. It's like MJ with his Thai food, right? right? Yeah, right. the P word. Yeah, MJ to. Thai food is you to whiskey, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's yeah. not he, true because we sat there and sipped on some whiskey in Indonesia, and you yeah. handle it like a man. No, I, 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 you know, listen. I like I, I was saying. Sorry, p word, whatever. We, sorry. Yeah. After we, um, <laughs> after we uh, hung out a bit, I tried to like do some whiskey. Like I bought a handful of, of bottles of whiskey, you know, and 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 I would sip them every night, just a little bit. I'd sip, sip, sip. And I kept on thinking, like, you know, it's like beer, right? When you first drink beer, it's horrible. Yeah. But then you like, wow, I like a need a beer you know what i mean and um so i thought the same thing i tried a lot i i probably did three fifths you know over the course of like six months like like drank all three fifths like every night i would like not every night but maybe three nights a week so you, you had 2250 milliliters whatever that is yeah, yeah yeah so i i did like three different bottles and i would you know one was real spicy real, real you know it's like it came in like a, a it was um uh, what was it called? Uh, came in a, uh, a like a, a wooden box. Have you ever seen these? It's like a wooden box with like a, a acrylic front. Oh, you had Booker's. Booker's. Yeah, that, yeah, dude. <laughs> that yeah, is. Yeah. I've so I've acquired about forty five bottles of whiskey in the last like sixty days. Oh wow. Yeah, and, he's getting into it. And yeah. the Booker's yeah, is was, the it was best. It was good. whiskey I've ever had. It in was my good. Life. It was good. Yeah, I drank the whole bottle. I mean, it took me like a while you know like two months to drink it but, this is but, crazy revelation yeah, for yeah, you yeah. drank a whole three yeah. whole bottles of whiskey i'm surprised yeah. you didn't this was shortly any. after the indo trip this, this was right after the indo trip right that's after so bar check yeah, i was such a good <laughs> no. we didn't see each other for a while after that that's where we messed up i think that's yeah, where, yeah this, we're tried, not gonna make the mistake again i'm gonna be back to see you way more often than i hope so and i'll be out to you I, I, as soon as we can travel again i'll be out to california a lot i haven't been up to your neck of the woods so i need to get up there it's and, a whole uh, different part of the state yeah and i like you know i am so you're between san francisco and uh in in, in LA, LA yeah. yeah. So I've been to San Francisco and all the way up into Fresno and stuff like that. I've been in that area, but I haven't been. So south you're, going, of you're San going back down in Central to get to Fresno from right. San Francisco. So you're going. Like oh, so south. Is it down, oh, so yeah. it is South. Okay, yeah. So I've been down to Fres Fresno, um, and I've been to uh, Sacramento, and so I've been to all those areas like Northern ish California, obviously San Jose, you know, all that stuff. But I have not been between Fresno and LA. Oh, man. I have you been need there. to get him with the other Brian. And yeah, well, I've been. I've, I've, that was one of the first. I, yeah, I went to visit Brian. Yeah. Did you guys get to go herping for San Francisco? No, I wish. I wish. I, I wish. Yeah. I, I, I As didn't a, know Brian. Well so people, yeah. you were saying people call you a ball python guy. I still think of you as like the Kaluber guy. Yeah, I'm a Kaluber guy. I yeah. really, if I had to choose between Kalubers and ball pythons, I would choose Kalubers every yeah, day. Right. That's just my, my, my. Yeah, ball pythons have just taken the world by storm because. They, I mean, there, there's and so I many redeeming ball, and love, qualities. Yeah, and I love ball pythons, but but I've I'm always considered a, you a colubrid guy yeah, because that's guy. old school herping. Like, yeah. you, like you go catch stuff, and someone finds an albino, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'll buy yeah. that! I'll give you five thousand dollars!" And yeah, and yeah. I mean, I bought the old. first albino Honduran milk snakes. I bought the first albino Arizona mountain uh, mountain king. Hondurans are always my favorite. Yeah, and then I I bought the second aneurysmic. We produced the first snow cows. 
I mean, for snow uh, Hondurans. Um, really? The That's first, crazy. W- first ghost Hondurans. Oh. We, um, we bought the second ever sold oh. the ghosts uh, are the pastel best. pink hognose and albino hognose from Rich Evans down in Lubbock, Texas. So, no, we've always been, like, uh, on the, the cutting edge of, of, of um, you know, we first first ghost Brooks King snakes. And, and know, Brian so was that. a big Kluberd guy before he started reading ball pythons, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's was why right I think Brian's you guys got to go guys. find, because there's, what, two, three ponds left where you can find a legit wow. San Francisco garter snake. Oh, most that video, endangered reptile in North America. That video yeah. when you were at Brian's place, yeah. that was a big thing. Because Brian, Brian was the first person that I caught. He put he would often put his phone number out there on YouTube. Yeah. And so one day when I moved, I, when I was looking for people, he I was like, well, wow, I, that's you know, weird, I guess right? I'll yeah. call it. Yeah, <laughs> I called yeah. him, and he was super cool. Yeah, yeah. And then... But, and then I saw the video with you and him because you obviously were a big part of me watching videos and getting yeah. back into the thing. So when it was, and I, we've done this story, you know, I, I, I've talked about, we had, when I had the two of you together at yeah. Forest House, I, Forest that was House, the moment was, for me, was, dude. That was, that, was, yeah, that was awesome. So yeah, if you got, if was you that the time I was out, there too, yes, right? Yes. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, the yeah, time was awesome. we had the, the joke, wasn't it? Like, what did Cinderella say? Or was that not the... Huh? Was that yes, oh, yes, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. you're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was Kim's joke. We, yeah, <laughs> we won't. Kim's we won't joke. But, um, but no, yeah. Well, it's funny enough. Brian had the the the, the moment, the fanboy moment with uh with my boy Bernsey, because that when we filmed that video right after, I had Bernsey come over for, for lunch. That's what he told me, and yeah. uh, and and he was like over the top like fan and out on on Burns because he's a huge San Jose Sharks fan. And uh <laughs> and so Burnsy pulls up in his his what I call his rape van. Uh he's got this huge, you know, like uh sprinter like that's like decked out camp wise and stuff like that. He pulls up in that and, and Brian Gundy was just like, ah, oh, you know and, and uh we had uh we had, you know, beautiful chicken and watermelon dinner. You know, lunch. It was absolutely wonderful. His wife cooks amazingly. And uh, Bernsey enjoyed it too, you know. So it was it was a good experience. Brian is one of the nicest, one of the greatest oh my gosh, people he's I've a sweetheart, planet, man, just an unbelievable sweetheart, man. I I love the guy. So going, and I know he's a genius when it comes to herping. Like I mean, I've got to get out with that he guy. He goes, man. he goes every day. Jeez, man. I don't know anyone that herps every day. And it, I yeah. mean, he like intentionally. It's not like oh, I go for a walk and live where reptiles live. He goes and he hits these herp spots every day. Yeah, Can, and and he's been doing it for how many years? Honestly, dude, when it ha- when it happened, like if you if you're able to come out and I Decades. go herping with if the three if the three like in yeah, here, you two, I of course, please I will yeah. hold your cameras. Uh, yeah. I don't care. That I will be. I will literally. There. I'm I'm I'm, cry- I'm about to cry just thinking about it. Honestly, it was, if, if if we all if the three of us if we're out there herping and I get let's Brian and Brian and we're herping well, out there. I'll do it. Let's not even. Let's, it's going to happen. Let's do I it. Fly, because again. I fly out from Pittsburgh to make that stuff happen because it's just good for your soul. to be out there in that beautiful country. You know what I mean. I mean, finding these animals, and like I said, Gundy herps almost every day of his life, yeah. and he's done it in these these choice spots for years. So he's finding like you know, like the absolute crowning species, like yeah. San Francisco garter snakes, uh, yeah, California crazy, mountain yeah. king snakes, wow. and he could do it all in a day. Rubber boas, wow. the stuff that you never now can. How find. far away is he from you? About uh, two hours. About two hours. It's yeah. ideal, actually, to fly into San Jose Airport to come San see. It's the okay. closest one. Okay. Well, the San Luis Obispo it's, Airport. It's but. like a nice, yeah, like, yeah. the last time we went, we went herping three different spots, and it was just a little loop. And we left from your place, we picked him up, and we did a little loop, and we saw. What we could do is when life gets back stuff. to normal, 
and there's actually hockey. We'll do it during hockey season. Mm. Oh, that way yeah. we can, I can go to San Jose. Totally. I'll stay with Bernsey. We'll go hang out with Bernsey, go hit a hockey game, you know, like the real way with like the, t- you know, the team and stuff like That'll that. Be like sick. I've actually never been to a hockey game. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The if Shark we, Tank is a great place. If we can somehow magically coordinate, coordinate that while the Penguins are playing, oh, <laughs> that would be yeah. the triple crown. Interestingly <laughs> enough, interestingly I'll be the enough, bad guy. You know, Bernsey's been in the league for like 17 years. He won the, Norris Trophy a couple of years ago, best defenseman in the league. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good guy, and he says hands down, Sidney Crosby's best player he's ever played for. With I I mean, I don't down. think anybody's gonna yeah. disagree. But I mean, that comes from like one of the guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, any hockey fans like, oh, Sidney Crosby's great. Right. But this comes from a defensive. They won a gold medal together too at the, you know oh, yeah. Canada. So that's they seventeen gold. years. That's nuts. Years. Think about in that. hockey. That's nuts. Think about how much money that is. <laughs> <laughs> how many teeth? <laughs> he doesn't have any teeth. His front teeth are gone. All, Seriously, all front them. teeth are gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely gone. I can afford and, uh, new ones. He kept, on, he kept getting them replaced and getting them knocked out. So he said, fuck it. Until I retire, I'm not going to re- replace again. Yeah. And he wears it. Too. He doesn't wear like false. I mean, he just like. He just goes he for just it. Goes, he's a Chewbacca man. That's that hardcore, a Chewbacca man. man. He's There's hardcore. a whole hockey culture. Yeah, yeah. That, you, yeah. You, you will not miss him as a hockey player. He's, you know, six foot seven, no front teeth. Big old beard. I feel like, just like sometimes I feel like court. hockey is the last thing, the last hope for millennials to not be so soft. Yeah, because it's but even still hockey surviving. is like you can't really fight that much in hockey anymore. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's frowned upon. I don't you know. know. It's frowned know. upon to fight. You know, and, but but I think anybody you know. that plays hockey for that long is still gonna get out with no teeth. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah, yeah he's had his teeth knocked out more times than not, but uh. But yeah, so that would be really a fun time to go. I know Brian would love it too, and and uh, get out there do do some hockey stuff. Yeah, that would be, be fantastic. Really cool and go out. Yeah, I love that area. I love that part of the country. San Jose is so beautiful. It's uh, it's it's amazing because San Francisco is so so. It's nice to go like to check it out, but to yeah. go hang out, you in don't want to stay Fran, there. Yeah. No, forever. no, no. Yeah. Especially the poop bombs are all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll stay out of the city. It would be strictly herping hockey. Urban yeah, hockey a area. Where Although the Mere Forest is amazing. Have you been? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah Mere Woods, absolutely. Ooh, man, it's beautiful, dude. Yeah. That's one not. of the most beautiful yeah. places I've ever been. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, San Francisco, like, when you get past the city, it's freaking gorgeous. Well, once you get north of Santa Rosa, yeah. it's the whole state changes. It becomes, yeah. even people learn how to drive again. Like, nobody's, oh, wow. nobody's driving in the passing that's lane. That's a big joke. Because I'm a Southern California It literally man, happens. So like, once you get past the we exit. We should split the state. Once you, know? you get the past the exit <laughs> yeah. in Windsor, it literally happens. Even people, I've literally, literally done this. Driving past the Windsor exit, and all of a sudden, people that were driving in the left lane for no reason, just, just oh, go, get over in the right, right lane. Oh, That's, my gosh. It literally, yeah, I've yeah, watched yeah. it happen many times, as many times. And the, the entire northern part of the state is 707. Whereas right. in LA, you've got 100 little area codes. Yeah. It's all 707. It's just like yeah. Redwood Forests and like God's yeah, Country. Yeah, so beautiful. Well, Brian. I, I don't know, man. I think we got to call it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, been, a, this yeah. was a great This is our longest yeah. one yet. Barchet, thank, <laughs> I'm long Thank you for coming on to this. No, we really we appreciate it. I had a great yeah. time, man. I do this anytime. I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, let's do this again. Yeah, I love this space. If you guys haven't been up here yet, you need to come, especially the stuff you showed me that's coming. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. dope, man. If you guys have not been to the Reptarium, do it once in your life. You know what I mean? You do don't, it for your life. Yeah, <laughs> to come, make your come life as many better. times you want, man. I know we love to have you here. So, all right, guys, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Peace. Perfect. <laughs> when do you guys want me to start? All right, recording? man, that was good. <laughs> I know you stole that joke from me, bro. I was totally gonna do.